One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon again, uh, I'm Tim, that is JB. Hello Tim. And Phil, back from his prepping weekend in Devon. <laughs> Hello, good evening gentlemen. What, yeah. what was the story with your... Prepping. With your, your prepping, you're getting all your tins and your ammo and everything and going Living to your the r- grid. R- remote location <laughs> off grid. <laughs> Uh, I just needed a vast amount of water and dried food <laughs> just in a safe location that no one knows just in case anything happens. Oh, wait. Diesel, right? I can't give diesel away. I've got <laughs> gallons of the stuff. Nobody wants it. So I bought this boat, right? And it's on land. And I don't need any diesel in the tanks. In fact, I need to empty the diesel from the tanks. I've offered it to everyone. Nobody wants my diesel. It's unbelievable. Wow. I, I'd love to take some off your hand, but... Uh... I mean, you've got to go to the bump a boat and pump it out of the thing yourself. With a... Do you have to siphon it out? Uh, Sucking not diesel. Dissimilar. Not just, dissimilar. just before we get in, into the rugby, just briefly, I had to at one point... Right, this is the ridiculous thing. So many people that went to get petrol feel like they have to say, I needed petrol, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's so many people just looking down... Looking down their nose at everyone else, but of course they. I I needed petrol, but yeah. everyone else is just being irresponsible. I'm, I'm the complete complete opposite, right? So I'm going back to North Wales some weekends to do my boat, and I get hassle to come back and look after kids and whatnot. Right? Um, <laughs> it would suit me quite nicely not to be able to get petrol next time that I go to Wales. <laughs> and I'm running it. I'm just working out how many miles I'm going to do. Maybe a couple of laps of the M60 first, and then head down to Wales. And I think You've just got enough, just enough to, to yeah. like, cruise the last half a mile in. E- exactly, that would work fine for me. I can stay in my flat, overlook the sea, it'll be fine. Well, so, so, so I did on um, Thursday morning. I had to drive back from North Devon actually today, but I had about fifty or sixty miles of range, which will not get me back from North Devon. So I went bright and early Thursday morning to the petrol station and I was like tutting at everyone else, <laughs> thinking exactly the same thing. And I was reminded you of... you needed it, Phil. Well, I was reminded of the phrase, you're not stuck in traffic, you are the traffic. Exactly. That's a great one. So I was part yeah. of the problem, not the solution. But it was, well, it was not... amazing that there, was, yeah. there were people going in and filling up like eight quid, 11 quids worth of fuel. 
Oh, I, I, I had to put 60 odd quids worth of fuel in mine, but there's people just topping up a little Those bit. Those are, are, are expensive to fuel, though, aren't they? <laughs> 60 quid is about uh, 10% of a tank in, you know, in my Lambo. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, on, the, on the odd sunny day we have when people drive around smugly in their top down car, oh, and yeah. now people in electric cars have been like that. They've just gone, I'm going to go for a drive. What are you doing? No, I just want to go and, <laughs> yeah. go and drive around, drive past petrol stations looking mm. smug. Exactly what they're doing. Scumbugs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what a weekend, boys. Oh, we- I know. Weekends like this really, really irritate me, though. They really <laughs> irritate me. Because the... That, I mean, that was the overwhelming that... emotion I had at the end of six amazing games. Oh, when Paddy Jackson missed that kick at the end, I thought, imagine working for Premiership Rugby and your only job is to sell this product. You would assume it is the easiest job on the planet, wouldn't you? You'd assume that rugby would be the biggest sport in the world. And yet, it's not. I just get so frustrated. The weekend has been absolutely incredible for rugby. It's one of the, been one of the best rugby weekends I can remember in a long time. And I bet about five people watched it at home. <laughs> Something like that. It'd be, I, I, was, um, I watched one of the highlights. The, the Gloucester Leicester on YouTube. I watched half the game, but watched it. Cracking uh, game, that. Watched it on YouTube this evening in the gym. How many people do you reckon have watched the highlights of that game, the eight minute highlights? <laughs> oh, by the way, I've got a public service. Announcement on that. Premiership TV is actually quite good. Have you used it yet? The app. I use it on the website, but still. Okay, yeah. So I've used I've used the app because there's there's multiple ways to get this content. So you can get it if you're rewatching. You can watch through BT Sport, obviously. Obviously, BT Sport. The cocker was working hard for this weekend. You can watch through YouTube. You can watch through the app, and you can probably watch through other places as well, like other mm. news outlets. But on on YouTube, how many people do you reckon have watched the highlights of that game? Two hundred. I was going to say one hundred and eleven for some reason. So it's fifty five thousand oh, people. Oh, okay. wow. Decent. wow! Yeah, which is actually Decent. given that that is one of probably a quarter of the main ways of accessing that content. I was pleasantly surprised. Actually. I'm, I'm, yeah, that is good actually. Good. Yeah, I was in a rugby club th- th- this weekend, and I tried to stupidly. Turn the conversation into club rugby, and everyone looks like looks at me like I'm from Mars. Like, <laughs> can we not talk about Liverpool or United? God's sakes, boys! Yeah, there's, lo- there's lots of ways to watch the game. I, I how do you like? like I, I tend game? to watch it from the halfway line, right, <laughs> right next to the players' bench with my own monitor. I'll tell you how yeah. I <laughs> Over, oh, listening to the players chatting. Away. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah, how yeah. I used to watch the games. I'm not sure I'll be able to do it anymore. In fact, I'm certain they'll they'll stop me doing this. I used to watch it in the gantry, often with AJ McGinty when he was injured. And we would sit about three foot away from the opposition coaches, and there's no one else around us. And we just sit there and we listen. And no one quite, everyone just assumes that I'm meant to be there, and no one questions <laughs> anything. And uh, it's awesome. It's awesome you get to listen to. So, who am I managed to observe? You, you Darren Brown, Sale Sharks, basically. You just. Well, I just said to AJ once, where do you watch a game, mate? He's in country. Can I come? Yeah, sure. And I just did that every single time then. But uh, I've been able to sit about. Literally about a metre away from Ronan Agora when when Lara Shell were up, Tony Booth and Curl with Harlequins when he was there. Like basically all of them, it's, it's great, and you get to see you know how they, you know how they operate. The best one, not obviously for neutrals, but when Gloucester won, when Rob Dupree missed the kick, David Humphrey spun around and, sh- and uh, shot my hand. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite places that we've watched rugby was in a similar position actually. But about four or five meters away from Steve Hansen in the stadium in Rome, where we 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 get some disapproving looks because we kept on going backwards and forwards for the the beers. Well, the complimentary prosecco. (laughs) That was good fun. Yeah, it was actually, and they were very dour, weren't they? 
They were. Very serious. It's like they were wasting their time with this with, with this Italy lark. It's, you know, they're, they're filling a fixture because World Rugby wants, wants them to. And the sooner they can get out, the better. Well, and also because uh, the Italian Rugby Union will have paid them a few million pounds for them to be there yeah. or a million New Zealand dollars. Yeah. Well, they were just grumpy because much like JB, by before half-time, they wanted to get back into Rome and get they, in amongst yeah, it. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to get to Monaco. Well, they were going to Monaco the next day. They were, yeah. They were, they were. Right, so we've got uh, the Premiership Games to, to talk about another uh, rugby. We've got the Rugby Championship match between South Africa and New Zealand, which was uh, New Zealand and South Africa, which was really good. We've got um, World Rugby's contact rules that they've brought in. But let's just touch on the England squad, which came out... At, at, Day after our podcast last last week, um, so just general thoughts about the England squad. Uh, absolutely delighted for Mark Atkinson. That'd be yeah. my yeah. first one. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, of course. A former f- former guest and Sergio Tiger. Tiger. Former co-host. Yeah. Former teammate of Phil's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, I think they're still doing the podcast down in Gloucester too. So yes, absolutely delighted. I, I think he'd be of great use to them. Um, I, I was wondering whether, I mean, he deserves it on merit. He's been very good, but I did wonder whether Eddie Jones has looked at Marcus Smith and gone, "Who's a bit? Who's as close as we can get to Andre Esterhazen?" Mm. Well, so I'm, I'm wondering if it's, if it's more of a signal that Marcus Smith is the number one fly half. Owen Farrell is probably the number one inside centre, but who is closest to Owen Farrell? And I think Mark uh, Mark Atkinson is probably him and Devoto. Manu Devoto would be good shout, yeah. Manu normally plays thirteen though. Yeah. Yeah. He back almost... at twelve for sale now, isn't he? He was today. He yeah. was today. Yeah, but he, his best position is thirteen. Well, I agree I agree with that. So Mark yeah, England's Atkinson... stacked in that position. Absolutely stacked. Yeah. With, um, with Slade, with Marchant, with Manu. I Lawrence. think he's there. Yeah. Probably only on only on merit, and that sounds a weird thing to say. But he's played well. He deserves, he, he deserves his shot. But I don't see England playing in a way which will suit him. Unless the new coaches have bought in and said, we need something different from this shirt. If they have, he's going to be hanging around for a long time because there's no one like him. Well, there's something different you pick up on. I think that that might be exactly what this autumn is going to be like, potentially, because, well, we've got to remember, this isn't the autumn international squad. This is a no. training squad. Yeah, yeah. So this is some, just sort of a look. Right? Yeah, some will come and some will go from this. But I think what... The change is what I when, I... when I look at this squad, I see... Right, let's change something. Yeah, and I... I back, go- back row, particularly, the, the centre options, the fly half, the, yeah, the scrum half The scrum options. half, yeah. Oh, now what the scrum half options has been... So, well... Oh, Young's, Young's Randall, is, Quirk, Robson. Young's is still Quirk. in there. Yep. And then, exactly as you said. I think if Quirk gets a sniff, he's in. Quirk, Absolutely every time I've seen him, he looks... The real deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's pretty nice. And the one name which I don't think we would have talked about previously for England, but I'm delighted, is uh, I love this guy. And I think he's completely underrated, is Gabriel Ogre. Yes. Love him. Like Ogre. No. Like like Blamir as well. Yes. Yeah, he's a good player. He's, he's good, solid. Um, how, how many explosive hookers do Wasps need? They've got another one. And we mentioned Mark Atkinson. He's a great example of talent from the Championship. And Dan Frost, they've gone and got another. Yeah, Dan Frost, out of nowhere. Ah, is this the kid that played today? No, no, he played yesterday, yeah, played well, yesterday, yesterday. for yesterday, Wasps. Sorry, came sorry, off yeah. the bench and scored, scored. that 50-metre try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just uh, We can never have enough explosive hookers. Uh, Sam <laughs> had three on the field today. Well, but, but, no, no, no. But Wasps have got, Wasps have got oh, Alfie okay. Barbary, Gabrielle Ogre, Tom Cruise and Dan Frost. 
mega, isn't it? Yeah, and they could afford to let Tommy Taylor go. Yeah, it's absolutely mega. No, yeah. Sale went with Tommy Taylor. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Langdon. Langdon. Now, that's a guy that should be considered for England, for England duty. Absolutely you should. And you well, Sam Riley's the hooker that's in for Quinns. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know anything about. Me neither. Never heard of Sam Riley. Me neither. Um, oh, is that the fourth Quinn? So I, I was listing the Quinns that obviously got in. So like, who the hell is the fourth one? It's him, is it? Interesting. Yeah, mm. Kenningham's an in, interesting signing. But so they've got they've got Tonga, and then they've got Australia and South Africa as their three games. I think the Tonga one, you'll see a load of these youngsters. Oh, the wingers as well. I think it, May and Watson are such high class players. It, it, they're the they're the one and two. Radwan though. But one, I, I don't think all three of those guys will last. But I think Radwan will be the Radwan. one. Radwan. Radwan's class. He's got the loose line. He's really class. got the X factor. Lewis is class. Slight home is class as well. Yeah, he is good. Bit bit bigger though. Oh, he's fast though. He's, he's maybe not quite as fast as Radwan. Actually, is he big or does he just 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 look muscular? He's muscular. He's got that kind of round. Yeah. He's all fast twitch. Yeah, yeah. Him yeah. and Radwan, to be fair. Ooh. And then <laughs> and then an interesting conundrum at fullback with Malins, Freddie Stewart, who's been amazing, and Furbank, who's previously worn the shirt. Throw the has, kids in. Has been off for a bit. Yeah. Furbank's still young. <laughs> Furbank still is a kid. So who, who looks in, back to his best so in the Furbank's last couple of games? a really interesting one because he. He sort of doesn't develop as far as he could do at fullback because I still think he harbours ambitions to play 10. I think he's having to play 10 because they're not that deep at 10. And I think. So he's kicking. He obviously slotted the last two this penalties. This season this he's, been back at, he's been back, they're back there at fullback and looking good. He, do, he, he is. Yeah. But, but one of the things Chris Boyd said this week, uh, he just caught my attention, is he's a really good 15 slash 10. He went out of his way to say 10. I thought, oh, maybe. Maybe he is working more towards that, more, well, than, we, more than we realise. Kind of, I, mean, I mean, that's Alex not, good. It worked out for him quite well. Did work out pretty well for him. Although that's not his way into an England shirt. No. Uh, it, it might be into a 31-man uh, World Cup squad if you can do both. Yes. Because yeah. of your versatility. Yeah, that's fair. But it's, but it's not, you're not going to be starting if that's your ambition. Let's just mention those omissions. I, again, I've said this before many times and I'll say it again. I think sometimes there is too much of an obsession with exactly that phrase. Throw get, the kids get, in! Get the kids in! There's an excitement about people because they're young or new. It's like a shiny new toy, yeah. actually. That, that you know, that, that Guys that have been left out are absolutely class. The Bunapolas, George Ford, he's probably the highest profile one. Jamie George! Jamie George, but he did, he referenced... Giving some guys a rest who've yeah. been playing for the Lions, yeah. which you can understand, Mako and Jamie George. Although they had half a rest last season, so I so, think I think those two. It's just there's depth in their position. So yeah, I don't take this as a they've been dropped. I take no, this, I take this as in they'll be back. Do they go away with England now uh, for training camp? So they go tonight, don't don't they? They pack their bags and they go tonight. I understand. Do they miss a game for England camp? Or do they get back to their clubs for Friday? I thought it was a very short... Yeah, I, think, I think it's, it's like a one or it? two... Yeah. Is it? So it must be yeah. a start of the week and then they go back just to the clubs. do a bit of judo, break a couple of legs, come back to your club. <laughs> <laughs> I think, apparently these camps are brutal. Absolutely brutal. They just want to put you through your paces, run you up and down. Um, yeah. But they, they know the, these camps, they are, exactly as you said, they're very short term and there's no way they could be long term at the intensity they run them because the intensity of international rugby is... It is a greater intensity than well anything else. Yeah, that is. I, I see the argument. If it was my player, I wouldn't be happy. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that, but you don't. You don't want coaches talking to your players. No, I wouldn't. I, I, funny enough, I had this conversation with 
an agent. And yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Telling him, walking in, saying that you're a 50 cap international when they're bloody 19. Absolutely not. Don't go near them. Wait, <laughs> if you want to give them 50 caps, that's completely your prerogative. Don't tell them they're worth, worth 50 caps until they're actually worth 50 caps. Ridiculous. Well, let's dovetail that <laughs> chat about the intensity of England training camps into World Rugby's new contact. Oh, sorry. Did Louis Lyon get, get in the squad as yeah. well? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, got, got, got no, to. No, 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 I was going to say, let's dove, dovetail into that then. World Rugby have announced that they are limiting uh, elite-level sides, full-time professional sides, to 15 minutes of full contact training per week, 30 minutes of live... 30 minutes of live scrums slash line Scrum slash mall line-out type contact, uh, type full contact, and 40 minutes of... It's controlled, controlled contact. contact. So it's like a, I think, Rap. 7 out of 10. Bag yeah. hitting, that kind of thing. I think it's with pads... But yeah. sub, but yeah. contact, but it's it's not. So at the moment, it's just purely guidelines. There's, yeah. n- there's nothing being enforced. No punitive measures actually, yeah, for going over. Well, well, actually, you tell me what what you think first. Well, I, well, I I asked several directors of rugby this week, okay, about it, and I was quite surprised by what they said. They all said separately. I think maybe four or four different DORs. So I think enough of a sample of the Premiership to think that this is across the board. They said, "That's we're already doing that. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what my feedback's been. That, and I would have told you that before. Someone, someone told me how much... Someone asked me, how much contact do you think professional teams are doing a week? Full on? You're lucky if you get 15 minutes. Lucky. So I think there's a big range, though. Because there was a study by the International Rugby Players Association... Um, on this, in conjunction with World Rugby, and they got the average of full-on contact per week was 21 minutes. But I think the range uh-huh. was down. Some would be doing like zero or five minutes per week, but some would be doing 120 plus minutes of contact in training per week. Yeah. So this has, in part, at least, been brought about by the players, or at least the International uh, Rugby Players Association. So there are some things which bug me about it. And the fact that you just said the International Rugby Players Association, that bugs me about it. Because if you're an international player, you kind of get the privilege of saying, no more contact for me. Well, that's okay, because you're an international player. You've already made it. Yeah, you, you don't want to do any more contact. If you're a young lad trying to prove yourself in training, you want the contact, because how else does anyone know that, you, know that you're any good? And, and there's, there is a learning point around all this, that if you've got 100 test starts, you know how to tackle. Yes. If you if you are just getting into your first season of prof- fully professional rugby, you know how to tackle people who are weaker and smaller than you. You don't know how to tackle boys you just have no idea. that are much bigger and stronger and more experienced. And this, so I'm very glad that it's just guidelines at the moment and they're going to be looking at the data because I think one, I don't think this necessarily will be the unintended consequence, but a potential unintended consequence, we could actually see an increase of injury rate during games because some of the lads will be undercooked. And, and it, it is exactly as I'm saying, it's the younger lads who've not got their yeah. their thousand and, hours of match time. And this, their does, this does make a difference. So I'll just give you a bit of anecdotal evidence on this. I was talking to some professional rugby league lads who did a joint training session with a rugby union team. There's no doubt about it. Rugby league lads are about as hard as they get. They're hard, hard, hard <laughs> men. Really hard. And they're saying we just couldn't handle the physicality of the, of the, of the rugby union boys. These aren't amateurs. These are fully paid up um, uh, professionals in St. Helens. And they're like, when we did that joint training, they were just too big. They were just too big. So well, you need to practice this stuff. 
But that that is a, th- a thing about rugby union and rugby league that rugby league the aerobic ability and the number of contacts um, sky it, high. It's it's massively it's enormous. You have to be so much fitter, which obviously drives a lower average body size. Mm. Like it's like your uh, get rid of the knock on rule. Like that would it would drive down the the average body weight because oh. the ball would be in place so much more. I, I don't know if, because you didn't have reception, you managed to listen to the whole podcast last week, but J.P. Doyle built on J.B.'s ah, no knock-on no, no rule. J.P. Doyle's thought, I think there's something in it, but what J.P. Doyle said he would do is, if there's a knock-on, the the opposition have to pick it up. Yes. Okay, yeah. So you can't... So, so he said it would be like... A, Offside. If you pick it up when your team with teammates put it on, it'll be a penalty against. I, I like so it'd be idea. like an offside. I like the idea, though. I'm just trying to think of someone who'd be a Which, nightmare. I, I like that. Yeah. I, so I think that would convert more people to the idea. So Tom Curry. Yeah. There's a little pop pass to Ben Curry. No, no, no. Jean-Luc Dupree does a little pop pass to Dan, Dan Dupree, and he knocks it on. And they just leave the ball there, and they're waiting for the next guy <laughs> to pick it up. And they're in, they're in their stance, ready to go. <laughs> I'm not touching that ball. Absolutely no way, boys. <laughs> Forget it. Uh, where were we? I can't remember. Uh, oh, yeah. So I have a, a general instinctive dislike of rules. Same. <laughs> Absolutely And same. anyone telling me what I can and can't do. And I think the fact that all of the DORs said, oh, we're already doing that anyway. It makes no... It's going to make... These, these guidelines are going to make zero difference to what we do. I think just demonstrates that these rules have been made for the for the very rare outlier who would be a dinosaur in mindset who will die out anyway because players are so valuable now mm-hmm. and having them on the field for matches is so important and staying in the premiership or whatever top league it is is so valuable that you want your assets where they where they're of most value that coaches will look after them and get that balance of getting them ready for the match but not a single bit more than they need to because the risk just isn't worth it. That's exactly what they're doing, isn't it? Which, yeah. is, which is exactly what they're doing. So I don't think this guideline is necessary. And any any club where they go and have old school Tuesday Bosch session for an hour and a half, players would just bugger off and leave. Yeah. 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 Oh, it depends. I, I'm with you. I hate the idea of uh, the rules and people timing in sessions. What these look like to me are best practice guidelines, and from that point uh, yeah. of view, they look very good, actually. Yeah. They yeah. look really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, uh, the scrimmaging one's a bit funny, because half an hour scrimmaging is either nothing or an incredibly long amount of time. So it, That's if, across a week, by the way. Yeah, so if you just press... And that's only, that only means live scrums. It doesn't mean like on a scrum machine. Well, that... But, okay. And is that live scrums as in... Eight, eight, eight on eight. Yeah, but is it... Like, I think what JB was going to say is... Yeah. Sorry. Is it actually... Pushing in the scrum, or, or is, is it from, the where, from the, the start of the session? Because <laughs> I've been about three scrums. Yeah, thirty yeah. minutes after cleaning your boots and getting the binds because right. If I'm a coach and I'm care about my, what does the scrum last like? Oh, ten seconds. Five, ten, ten twenty. Seconds, yeah. uh, an, um, there was an England Argentina scrum. I think in 2017 when the Lions was on that lasted about 35 or 40 seconds, and that was unbelievably long for a scrum. There was that was ex- incredible. So Bath wasn't there in the final, in the first scrum. I think the ball did not move from the middle. They couldn't lift, the hookers couldn't lift their feet. Except that, Bath. I think they had a final, didn't they? Saracens Bath, maybe. Sar- there was Saracens Bath in 2015. What? It was definitely Exeter, though. So maybe it's Exeter. I don't know. But it's scrum. The first scrum of the game. So the, much pressure. Yeah, the hookers couldn't lift their feet. I'm sure it must have been involved Bath because Rob Webber was telling me about it. Hmm. 
Unless... Was it Saracen's back? No, unless we were talking about it and he wasn't playing it. Ah, uh, okay. I've got no idea. doesn't matter, does it? Um, <laughs> there's been some long scrums. Yeah. But yeah, anything more than 20 seconds is a long scrum. But I mean, even 20 seconds, you can get a lot of those in 30 minutes. Well, yeah, you get uh, 90 of them. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, oh, that is a lot. Of, so, that's a lot of scrums. I'm sure that's not what they are intended. No. Uh, 30 minutes a week, no more, no less. <laughs> Christ, no. 90 low scrums a week. Yeah, well, minimum, minimum. <laughs> so, yeah, fairly good good guidelines. Won't change anything. I, my bigger worry is, do they implement this for... Or two things. Do they implement this further down the food chain? I have no interest in following those guidelines. They, they can't. No. It, can, it can just be a guideline. They can't enforce it. No. Uh, what, what, off weeks, do, like, do they count? Um, it does make things like A-League games more important for players that need contact. Yep. Makes Premiership Cup more important. Yeah. There's a, well, know, there's on, a on that, and this, I put a pin in this, and we'll discuss it another time, but, yeah. but Austin Healy this weekend just sort of mentioned a conversation which I think would be... He, he, I think, very briefly gave a really good reason to get rid of academies at premiership level oh completely get rid of them totally get rid of them gone and yeah because what, what was with, his with less contact and exactly what you're talking about there's more emphasis on game time and how many academy players they play five aside on play Fridays hardly any games yeah through a season so get them into the championship yeah. we just talked about what a great league that is and wasps will come on to them a couple of more players really showed up brilliantly having been signed from the championship um uh, yeah, in fact, three players were playing in the championship last year that made their debut for Wasps at the weekend and looked ace. Amazing, yeah. Have you got brand new Reebok CrossFit shoes on, Tim? No, well, there's no such thing as new CrossFit Reebok shoes because Reebok ditched uh, true. their association with CrossFit a long time ago. So I know these are old, uh. but they just they wear very they're they're very hard wearing. I, I do they? I do they like do last. I do like a new CrossFit shoe. I'm, I'm on the verge of, <laughs> on the verge of battle. <laughs> we got there, get some more more Metcons. No, I'm going to go for the Reebok. What, what's this? what are Metcons that people keep? Uh, people, no. at the, people at the CrossFit box mention Metcons, uh, and some, I just sort of nod and smile like I know what they're talking about. I've got some olive, uh, some olive green Metcons, and they only go on when I'm in a CrossFit what gym. Does Metcon is it? Is it uh, it's Nike's uh, uh, equivalent of. Well, Metcon is metabolic conditioning, isn't it? But the shoes are all. Oh, uh, God. But also, sounds cool because it's like Defcon, and that's a really cool military <laughs> term. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, sorry, interrupted. Then yes, um, the. No, 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 we'll talk about it another time. We'll talk about it another time. Uh, I, I, I'll just quickly do the Ugo Monier Strictly Come Dancing segment. Y- yes, not a great weekend for which, you, which we called Which we called Show Me the Monier. Yeah. George Hobbs <laughs> has suggested we could call it Let the Boys Monier. Oh, nice. <laughs> which I like. He came up with some other suggestions. Thank you very much for your email, George Hobbs. Um, uh, I'll, uh, it's contactedchasers at gmail.com, but I liked Let the Boys Monier. So that'll be it for today. So... Let the boys monier. Uh, Ugo wearing a very tight pink outfit. Looking good. Um, looking, sh- looking in fine shape. Only got eighteen points. He needs to. He needs to get his act together big time. Big time. He needs to resource the um, resource the tango more efficiently. <laughs> uh, more cheat lines would be great. Uh, yeah, there, there wasn't second. Not quite enough spin speed. No, no, there wasn't. Was there? Not enough uh, revolutions per second. Uh, he. Can't get voted off this week, uh, can he? There's, uh, there's no, like, they weren't in positions. I think it carries over to next week. So we'll be keeping a BDI on that. So that's uh, yeah. it's a very in-depth se- segment. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. And that I'm, was let, let the Boys Monier for today. <laughs> Any more suggestions for names for the segment? We can do a different segment name every every week. Uh, contact Headchasers at, uh, at com. Actually, George also mentioned... Um, he's, I, I like what he said. People are getting the idea here. They said... Um, 
to my beloved egg chasers. Insert generic you're the best rugby pod out there message and the highlight of my Monday as I know you're hu- you're as humble as a changing room sweeping all black so you won't read them out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and he said he was listening back to some old pods. There you go, that's something you can do if you're ever bored. Yeah. Listen back to some old pods. And uh, he, he said he was listening back for the best day of rugby ever, the 2015 Six Nations. Ooh. And JB picks Alan Wynne-Jones for team of the tournament and calls out Imagine how good he'll be when he reaches 35. <laughs> well, the tried and tested hear me now, believe me later, was right. Pro- wow, right. ding. Was proven right this day. Feel free not to tell him this bit in, in case you can't stand for him to be proven right. No. There we Credit go. where credit's due. Absolutely. And Jimmy, you deserve some more credit this week. I've had a good week on the old uh, picking results. Let's put it that way. Yeah, always bet responsibly. Always bet responsibly. Only when the fun <laughs> stops, stop. Yeah, yeah. And all that. It stopped very rapidly when London Irish played uh, Sale. So you, d- you did a six-game prediction for the Premiership fixtures. Yeah, one pound on each game, and then which were different from your predictions on the podcast. Because I saw the teams, so what, yeah, yeah, you've got to tell yourself a story about you know how they win these games, and uh, yeah, I've got them all right except for Sale, who didn't lose and they didn't win. They drew. Better than that, got every, everyone. So, but crack. you called Irish to win that one, didn't yes, you? Yes, I had Irish. Which, to win that's it. amazing. So you, you, if Paddy Jackson's kick had gone over, you'd have got all six. Yeah. on the nose. Um, you'd cashed out by then anyway. I had, yes, I'd cashed out. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, kind of. Which was not, a smart not, move. Yeah, don't ever cash out. Lay the bet. Yeah, yeah, go on. Let, so, yeah. Phil, explain this. <laughs> so, we've we've had this on on WhatsApp groups this weekend. So, JB was going, yesterday, last night, he was saying, should I cash out with five predictions correct and the sixth one being <clears> he's <throat> predicted Irish to beat Sale? And Phil said, no, don't cash out. Lay the bet. Correct. So, you're betting for something not to happen. <clears throat> yeah, if, so no, explain uh, as you did as succinctly for anyone who, like me and JB, I didn't, didn't have a clue, I and I barely understand <laughs> it now anyway. So uh, laying the bet basically means you act like the bookmaker. So where JB had put his money on London Irish, he wins if London Irish win, but the bookmaker win in any other result, i.e., if the game is postponed, called off, but also primarily if Sale win or if there's a draw. Now, JB was given the option by his bookmaker to cash out at significantly worse odds than it would have been had he laid the bet. So I said, don't cash out for 96 quid, lay the bet, and you'll be able to win. And it would turn up about 140 or 150 quid. Um, You guaranteed yourself profit. But laying a bet came in with uh, Betfair Exchange years ago, where that allowed... Instead of having individuals betting against a bookmaker, the individuals could bet against individuals. So one person takes the role of the punter and places that bet, and the other lays that bet. Uh, and so all j- is it by averages? It's not literally one person. It's just like no, an average it, across it, the it's, No, no, it's it's one person. Yeah. So so there is there is a live market. So JB, wow. so JB had he. I was driving today, but JB, had he reacted earlier, had he been able to lay the bet prior to sales players pulling out, he would have been in a better position because the market moves literally in seconds. And there are people who have money on there saying, look, I'm willing to lay a bet at, say, 2.5. And then as soon as as soon as soon the sales team changes were announced, loads all- of people took that bet because 2.5 was then very good odds, odds, so the odds moved in. So this is exactly why it gives you the option to bloody put your own odds on it. So you can put your own Got odds it. down and Nailed see if it. other people will take that. So JB yeah. could have said, well, the market's yeah. currently at 2.5, but I reckon someone will buy it at 2.6, so let's go for 2.6. Yeah, and then someone will take that. So he, he is, but it doesn't matter. So when JB put 
um, whatever it was, a bit over 100 quid or 100 quid or so on the odds that he put on to lay the bet. It could have been 20 people taking that, each taking a fiver each. It doesn't have to be one person. You're not matched, in the market. You're not matched one-to-one, yeah. Right. And that this is a problem with rugby, that there's, Look, there's very little liquidity in the market in advance of these events. That means in, money. Money in the market, <laughs> yeah. In fact, yesterday, JB would have really struggled to, to find someone to... That's, yeah, yesterday. It was only an hour or so before kickoff that things actually start heating up in yeah. the... And, and you compare it to, like, I think premiership football, just in the UK market, it's it's like multiples of millions of pounds bet on every single... Just just like the, the winner-loser. It's incredible. The it's, it's millions yeah, it's and probably, millions. Whereas in rugby, it might be... It might be tens of thousands. It's my See, new. What comparison. a job we could do if if you're a uh, betting company looking for a podcast with someone knowledgeable enough to explain the intricacies. Not enough, no, knowledgeable enough to pick winners. We should send, <laughs> we should send this part of the podcast to to Betfair and uh, <laughs> exactly get them on board. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, it'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, well, you only need to double up one pound twenty four times before you, before you make I think over a million. So, um, what? How many times do I need to? Uh, well, if you you were uh, your return times, w- hundred times returns on that hundred fifty times yeah you, your your return was nah. seventy five times return yeah, something yeah, like no. that so you do that uh, a handful of times like two more times yeah it should be fine you, you'll be at a million pounds roughly brilliant so uh, yeah in three weeks time I'll be a millionaire simple well I, I've been doing what I said I was going to do and this is this is the darkest I'm not allowed to bet on the yeah. on, on the rugby I, right I so, can't because you're so, so, yeah. so knowledgeable. Um, but I've been, I've been doing what I said I was going to do, and, and unbelievably unsuccessfully. Uh, so I have now put two pounds on every single Premiership fixture uh, this season. So that's twelve fixtures. I've won four of them. Wow! And I am currently uh, about twelve pounds down because the four that I've won have won me like pence on the pound. Well, let's pivot from that into the results because I think that highlights some of the surprising. Uh, not for not for some of us. Not for surprising. Well, not not for some. No, no, you're quite right. Yeah, quite it, right. There's some phenomenal phenomenal uh, results. There's some other results on here which are absolute. Um, well, they're they're devastating for some teams. That's that's what I think. Uh, should we start with with Friday night's game because I really enjoyed that. Yeah, so I, I got to watch the first half of this game. Did you watch any of the build up? Did get... I did watch some of the build-up. <laughs> did you I watch did. that build-up? I watched quite a lot of the build-up. I didn't watch any of the build-up. I, I just just got Thomas down about uh, quarter past seven. So I watched. I settled in with a nice can of beer. I was going out for a nice meal. I settled in with a nice uh, can of... Uh, Where is my ten, lager, by the way? 10%. There's no lager. No, you, you're meant to be bringing me around a, a, a can of beer, and you've not done I'm it gonna, yet. I'm going to bring you a can of overtones I'll, go, I'll bring you both yeah, yeah. I've had none well, you, you nicked me. the last beer well, 52 I'll, stuff and I, oh, no. oh no no I'll, I'll be paying for this myself because <laughs> this is my this is my recommendation he was drunk and he offered ah. me a beer and he's not bought it around yet well, uh, what happened to the beer 52 beers uh, the, 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 <laughs> JB no no they're, 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 they've not arrived yet they've not arrived yet as soon as they arrive I'm going to give you both, I'm going to keep them here unopened and you can take them away I will give you I will bring both for both of you because I'm going to put a new order in because I just finished my last can the other day um it's Overtones Brewery up in Glasgow. The, the, my favourite bit, they do loads of amazing ones. My favourite is called Last Bus Tayoka, which is a Teeper, triple IPA. It's 11%, so just 2% stronger than a Strong Zero. Ooh. But it is absolutely delicious. Wow, so I'll bring, that's I'll bring dangerous. You, it's really, you would not think that it's 11%. You need to sip that and enjoy it. Uh, so I just cracked a can of that and 
was sat down on Friday night to uh, to watch YouTube. I wasn't. I didn't know you were working. And then all of a sudden, Tim Cocker is interviewing Ellis Genge. Oh, what happened? Wow. What would, I, you fair play, Tim. You handled that absolutely brilliantly. You, you were clearly prepared for short answers. He gave incredibly well, short, no, I, I wasn't curt pre- answers. I wasn't prepared. Well, no. It's, I wouldn't say I was specifically prepared for short answers. It's just mm. I've, I've done this long enough to be prepared for anything. You handled it so well. Oh, bloody I'm, hell. I, said I missed it now. It's a great little interview. It's not quite Brendan Venter, but it wasn't it's far not off. Far off. It this wasn't was before, far off. before the game before as well. Game. Wow. Well, I tell you what, they're quite a chippy lot. Uh, this um, this Leicester bunch, and it shows in the way that, well, way that they play. I can. So, I, I've been asked about it a few times since Friday night, and I think. Well, some people have said, "Oh God, how did you do?" How, you know, it was a lot of like, "How how did that how did that feel? How did that go?" And it's like, well, "That's fine. I've, I've interviewed Steve Diamond." In, yeah, in, exactly. In much, in much uh, but I think it's just that he was in, and the type of player Ellis Genji is on the field means that I can imagine you try and talk, talk to him 25 minutes before kickoff or half an hour before kickoff whenever it was he's going to be in kind of uh, combat mode yeah yeah. and that so, doesn't I don't mean being combative to be deliberate or, or I just mean he's in sort of aggression it's game, time, game isn't it? mode violent yeah. violent it's, aggression this is how he earns his 300 grand uh, absolutely and so and his England money yeah yeah and uh, and the other thing I'll say is whilst it was um there were he didn't give anything away. He gave absolutely nothing. And at one point, you know, I asked him about the Leicester stuff, and you know, he batted that back. And so then I sort of turned, asked him about England. He said, "I'd rather talk about Leicester." And I did think <laughs> I just asked you about Leicester, and he said nothing. But my, my point, my overriding point, would be, it was interesting and and revealing in, whilst not actually revealing any specific information, it was quite revealing about about the guy. I thought much, and so in that respect, it was more interesting. Than someone giving a load of cliches. So I didn't see the interview, but I'll say this what Leicester that they are serious. Mm. They are intense and they are serious and that's why they're starting to get results. And their he, team isn't actually that talented, but they are very well organised and they know what they want to do. Well w- one thing that they have done, which they've done used to great effect in the last two games, is they've got some really good game line carriers and they're gonna bring in two of the best who two of Two guys who will be the two of the best game line carriers in the league in Jasper Vise and Van Staden, mm. for, who are with the Springboks at the moment, and that's one of the things that because you've got guys like Genge and Nadolo and uh, George Martin who's carried well and Liebenberg and Wells has carried well, um, because you've got guys like that getting you on the front foot, it buys George Ford more time, and George Ford with time is so much more dangerous. Completely agree. And they've made some, some really smart acquisitions too. I mean, I was very suspect about their recruiting style prior to maybe the, maybe this year. But, you know, look at Nick Dolly. They've picked him from, picked him from nowhere. Someone in Leicester Tigers has some serious knowledge to go and write that um, write that contract. And currently he's top try scorer in the Premiership, admittedly, <laughs> with two two games in. But three but three tries. Not a bad return for... I think, uh, yeah, it'll be on 31 tries by the end of the season. Yeah, exactly right. My, my, smashing records. My overwhelming feeling with Leicester when I sat watching them was just my god they're hard yeah they are nasty yeah it's it, it's it's good yeah it's good to see now this is actually the perfect result for Leicester 
there couldn't be a better result. Uh, and it's a great win because it's a bad win. If they'd have smashed Gloucester, which they should have done, there's no two ways about it, that, that should have been the outcome. This game should have been put to bed. In, uh, well, they were in 13 the first points up at one point, and then, then, they, then Gloucester clawed back. Fair play to them. And then they went 12 points clear. And then Gloucester yeah. clawed and back again. And again, yeah. fair play to Gloucester for that. Yes, yeah. But it allows Steve Borthwick to take that team away and say, you know, yes, we've got five points, that's really important, but you're not perfect. And we're going to have to yeah. work even harder to iron out all, all these things. It's the perfect motor. It's very rare you can get a five-point win and also a bit of motivation from a result. And that's exactly what they've got. Yeah, five-point win on the road. Yes. Which, which is always difficult to come by. And but if you look at it from a Gloucester point of view, I think it's devastating because Gloucester lost this and they could have lost it handily. And here's the worst part by it. They didn't even play that badly. They weren't a bad team. So if you're a bad team and you look at it and go, oh, yeah, we can get players back in. Uh, you know, We just know that we're a bit rusty and our combinations could be better, this, that, and the other. Um, the, there's some light at the, end, at the end of the tunnel. If you play well with most of your best best players and you still lose handily, you've got a real problem. And they worked hard. They tried to get themselves back, back in the game. They're just a little bit hapless. They're a little bit... <laughs> they're the opposite of Leicester up front... Leicester are hard and nuggety and fierce and combative, mm. whereas Gloucester are oh, they just got that soft underbelly. And you saw with like the Wells try, the Dolly try, the Genge try that it's just uh, it was just a few too many contacts for that that Gloucester team. Yeah, the, the one that will kill them, one that kill Gloucester is the Harry Potter try because he should have been stopped oh, three been. or four times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean they're working, they're working hard. They're doing broadly speaking the right things. And I looked at that back, the back row Gloucester. I thought this could go a, diff- a different direction here if those boys can get on the front foot. Uh, Ackerman and Morgan can roll back back uh, time by a couple of years. Well, you they, know, they both carried really well. They can go. Yeah, they can go. The, fir- the first twenty minutes. Lot, when you look back at the, the game as a whole, the first fifteen minutes they were thirteen nil down after thirteen minutes, and they just gave away brain dead penalties. In, in, and, yeah. and George Ford punished them, and it was a, they're. they're they're trying to chase the game back from there. I actually thought Gloucester looked really good in the second half. Tactically, they were really good. Atkinson got more and more impact. He was giving little grubbers through, turning Leicester around, pinning them in their half. And I think there's enough, again, it was far from perfect from Gloucester, but I think there was enough that they can look back at the video of that second half and go, all right, right off the first 20, that was, we were awful. Yeah. And but, do you know what's disappointing about that? You know for a fact what they'll have worked on before they go to this game is defend the channel, between nine and the ins- uh, sorry nine and the first receiver, or should I say the, the, the forward runner? So they try they try they try to do that relatively successfully. Avoid penalties, you know, dis- di- yeah. discipline in your especially own half. after the opening day. Yeah, disaster. Uh, yeah. The discipline was a disaster. First twenty, and avoid malls, and they gave them plenty of malls, and that's I know for a fact that's what they did say before they um, yeah the, the went malls to play. the malls will have been a target yeah and. It, it was shown to be a weakness for Gloucester, but so, I, I think they'll. I think we'll look back at this and they'll say, "I think Leicester will be very close to top four. I know we we've got in the ball over there our, our proper predictions. I think Leicester they're currently top of the Premiership. I know it's only two games in, but they'll be very close to top four this season if they don't sneak into the top are, four. Yeah. And Gloucester will be looking from ninth or tenth position up and say, "Well, we actually got two bonus points against what is effectively a top four team which is not it's not the worst thing in the world yeah well thing is everyone's a top but four team now like, Gloucester aren't no, yeah but everyone Gloucester will play there's a, <laughs> there's a 50% chance that you're playing a top four team 
right? So, the, the, I like your maths. Yeah, yeah. So there's like six teams that I just look at and think top four, top four, top four. I mean, they can't all be top four. Yeah. But you know, when the two best teams in the competition from last year are the, the bottom the two bottom teams two in the teams, league. yeah, extra well, Bristol. Bloody hell! Then they're gonna have the mother of all. Um, Leicester are going to have a mother of all fights with another team next week, Saracens, who look like they might actually be better than we thought. And then you've got Sale. And anyway, it just goes on and on and on. So, yeah, Gloucester are really up against it. So, yeah, you're right. It's um, nice to think I've got you've got two bonus points against a top four team. But they're, they're going to be everywhere, these teams. It's so, so equal. Yeah. I mean, you've only got to beat the teams around you is, is another thing. Mm. Um, I think that's that's a sensible approach to get you into the top top eight or, or so. Yeah. Um, plus, pick up losing bonus points. But yeah, they they, they will they will be frustrated. The Gloucester have obviously made the same mistakes they were making last year because last year they walked away with a lot of bonus points, a lot of uh, one score games. It's just another one score game, and they're just not quite there. Another worrying thing is Hastings being on the bench. You don't pay that sort of money, and then. Not start him now. I think that'll change, but I'm surprised it didn't change for their first home game. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think Lloyd Evans had a, had a bad game. Yeah, but and uh, I, again, that opening quarter, Gloucester just butchered it. In the second half, Lloyd Evans and uh, Mark Atkinson tactically were actually probably better than George Ford even. Yeah, there was a slowdown in the way that Leicester played yeah. definitely, and they did go into different phases of the game where you know they they went away from default aggressive. And sort of play something else. A bit bit like Sale t- today, actually. Sale sort of took their foot off the accelerator. And it never works. It never works. If you stop being being aggressive at anything, generally speaking, you let the, the other team into it. The thing which you were doing to win, you then stop doing because tactically it's the right option. It always, always back, backfires. When, when Ben Youngs came on, I actually thought it got more frenetic um, at times for Leicester. I don't think he did what he was meant, what he was meant to do. Hmm. It's lovely seeing Nadolo just that man with the ball in hand. He is has just ridiculous. He has two speeds. He has two speeds of running. He's got his ball in hand speed, which is rapid, and then he's got his kick chase speed, which is <laughs> you know it's not the same. But King's own was absolutely <coughs> awesome. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was great to see it, it, everyone back and in how, voice. I mean, I can't imagine what it'd been like if they'd have gone over in the oh, last at the end. Minutes. Yeah. Good God. With Leicester. That's with the man in the bin as well. Yeah. So I mean, that's hell of an end. It's hell of a way for Leicester, for Leicester to end. They can they can spin that story whichever way the coaches want to spin it for Leicester, and that and that's why I think it's so valuable for them. Mm. So Where next? Well, you're at another game, weren't you? Yeah. Tell me went to Bath. Go on. Tell me went to Bath. Brist- Bristol Wasps. Uh, Wasps ah, Bristol. Okay. I haven't really seen hi- highlights of, of this. Addy Crossdale looks like a bit of a good player, doesn't he? So that he does. It's a really interesting one because I've heard so much about Addy Crossdale over the last few years about how talented he is and how good he is, but I've just never actually seen it because he's hardly played. Yeah, I, I've, I'm trying to think. I've, don't, I can't recall seeing him for England under twenties. Uh, he's about the same age group as Joel Hodge, Josh Hodge. Yep. Um, just think when you think about how few games Liam Williams really played for Saracens. If they'd have, or was it Elliot Daly? No, Elliot Daly was the straw that broke the camel's back. If they'd not signed Elliot Daly and just given Ali Crossdale some games, that, the whole they might have got away might, with it. They yeah. might have got away with it. <laughs> they might. If only. If only. If only they could have been tempted by the one more forbidden fruit, stealing Elliot Daly, and then 
uh, Liam Williams. <laughs> yeah, ma- uh, mad. Um, <laughs> he looked class. He's very good, isn't he? He looked really good. 10 yeah. slash 15, uh, they've got a bunch of young talented players. He's more like players. a wing. He, he's played on the wing before, and that's that's when he was called into the England training squad. He was yeah. pr- predominant, predominantly a winger, I think. So he, he is rapid. He's from Sudbury School. Anyway, no surprise, they rave about him there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he seems like a pretty handy player. And credit to Wasps a second. I think they really know how to sign. Whatever they do there, they manage to sign and identify really talented players. Now, I don't think they go for the complete package players. I don't think they go... I mean, actually, Crossdale is, is, is actually the complete package. He can run, he can kick, he can pass. He's good at absolutely everything. If he's got weakness, I'm not... I don't know what it is. I think a big part of this is Lee Blackett. When you actually look at the coaching, look at the coaches at mm. Wasps, you've got Lee Blackett came from Rotherham. You, uh, and then Neil Folk's scrum coach came from Nottingham. Ed Robinson came Jersey? from Jersey. Fired Jersey and Rotherham prior to that. And Ian Costello before that, who's now gone to Ireland from Nottingham. They, Lee Blackett has picked up most of his coaches, they've got John Mitchell now, who make a mm. big difference, but he picked up most of his coaches from the championship, and some of their best signings have been from the championship. They seem to just get guys who are really good at one thing, and they seem to get better at all the other things once they arrive at Wasps. Or they, or they spot talent that they can squeeze massive value out of uh, and, and improve. Tom Cruise, who played his 100th game, I think he's one of the best examples. A dog Lee Blackett signed Tom Cruise for Rotherham from Macclesfield. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Um, he was like go by sale, just so you know. So Steve Diamond really <laughs> yeah. developed him. And there he is with 100 appearances for Wasps. He's got 100 appearances? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, they do it. Like, Kibariggi is, you know, just is rapid. They just seem to get guys who are extremely good at certain things. Uh, and it works very, very well. Very, very well for uh, uh, very, very But well their defence was tough. Well, it, it reminded me of the defence, not last season, but the season before when they obviously made the final, where they were... they. They they were amazing in attack, particularly counter-attacking, but their counter-attacking ability was built on two things, and it was rock-hard defence and turnovers. Yeah. And they did... The, oh, yeah, you're right. They did those two... And obviously Jack Willis in that period was immense for them. He's missing them, missing at the moment. Tom Willis had a very good game, um, took his try very well. They, they are very much a momentum team, I think, Wasps. Like, when they get on top of you, they could, like, well, like they did on the weekend. You know, they put up 50 points. When they start scoring, they're hard to stop. But the defence is all about attitude. And you can always see it. Like, when they were doing really well last season, you could feel the energy when they were, you know, b- bouncing up um, o- um, uh, off the ground. You then see the counter when they play someone like Sale, who absolutely suffocate them. Or if you hold the ball against them for a long periods of time, that's when you start to break down wasps. Which is why it's so important that they get 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 those turnovers. It feeds everything. Mm. Bristol, though, yeah, what a disaster! As good as wasps were, and they were. Bristol, what on earth? I, I think there's um, some genuine questions that need to be asked here. Uh, Bristol. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's their system team. They're not. They have a system which they like, and it allows their best players to become their best players. But if we look at Bristol as a team, when you remove their game changers, I mean, they had who they have Pietau and Pietau was in there. Um, Sheedy Lloyd, yeah, Lloyd. Lloyd. I mean, he's so like... good. He's such a good runner going forward, but he just there's something there's something missing. There's a weakness in his game that he needs to correct. More defensively and decision making wise, um, 
if he's going to re- unleash his talents, and he, he has so much talent, yeah. but he's not quite. I say uh, Piers O'Connor as well. I I, lo- I love him. Another great player plucked out the championship. Uh, fantastic player, but maybe maybe there are times when I'm not disparaging Piers O'Connor at all because he is awesome. Did One he play of, this weekend? Yes, yeah. but uh, a centre is going to look a lot better outside of Semi Randrandra yes, because Semi Randrandra by his very nature, attracts a whole lot of defenders' attention. Well, they yes. have a, lo- a lot of these boys which they just plug in and they make <coughs> everyone better. Now, you can take one away and then you take two away and you take, you know, then both the tight heads are away and whatnot. Before you know it, uh, they're, they're struggling. And it seems to be, this has become a bit of a habit now. Um, and also, they seem, their head goes down. If they don't have an answer but, to it, it's not in I'd, I'd say this is actually the opposite. One of the things we've all, we have said about Bristol in the last couple of years is, it doesn't seem to matter who plays, they play the same. That's actually one of the well, things we've said yes. on this podcast many times. And that's the problem. They play the same, but they don't play as well. So they're not problem solving, if, if you like. No, no, they, they've won a lot of games without big, without, when we've gone, oh, they've changed it up yeah. and they've still, they've still won. But I, I, I think I think you've just mentioned the biggest thing, and it's the two tight ends being missing. Yeah, I, I, think, I think their scrum has struggled. They don't then don't have the platform. They're waiting for Piatau or Johan Lloyd to do do a bit of magic. And even though those two have done some amazing things, and Piatau against um, Saracens was just unbelievable last weekend. Mm. He, he, I think he made his. Uh, close to as many metres as the whole Saracens team did with ball in hand, and he certainly beat more defenders. Yeah. Um, he did amazing things both weekends, but it's not enough when you are conceding territory at scrums and you are conceding territory from um, rolling yeah. malls, and getting Sinclair back and John O'Foa back will make a massive and difference. We, and we've talked about it before, about the disproportionate effect that a weak scrum has psychologically on the whole game. You know when you've played rugby and you've been in a team that's getting pumped in the scrum, you get nervous to drop the ball. You can't drop the ball. You can't drop the ball. Which makes you drop every ball. Which makes you drop every ball. So I think (laughs) that that actually is a really, really good point. The the other thing I would pick up on is Pat Lamb opted not to have any pre-season games. Tough Mm. one, that, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think there's a good logic to it. You know, if um, Rob Baxter says he doesn't need any preseason games, I'm with him. That's that's you know, I'm I'm also in no position to question Pat Lamb's judgment on what he needs for his rugby team to be any good. But they've both lost all the games. Yeah, so. and you you get like the narrative gets built around the fact that with with hindsight, not not the other way around. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. But they've they've not had them, and they've they've lost two games, and and. Exeter and Bristol sit at the bottom of the table <laughs> currently. Absolutely madness. Now, it, it is a long season, and obviously it's a condensed season, and last season was a condensed season. There was such a short break between the, the two preceding seasons. I I do I get the logic, but they've got to turn it around. Brist, Bristol, really, like to have two losses in the manner which they have done, they've lost by 20 points twice on the bounce, or 20 points and 30 points, They've got to turn it around, and they've got to turn it yeah. around fast. So on their style of play, they do one thing really well. Right? They've got that outside shape, the way they move the ball. It, it is good. Once they figure, it, once another team figures them out or figures a way to beat them, um, they really struggle. And when they try, try to change, they often do a lot worse job. So they try to change against Saracens by you know out kicking Saracens or trying to out wrestle Sale. You think this is madness? Why why not just play like Bristol? 
And I don't think the coaches have a good answer for it. And I think because our system is so effective for so much of the time, I don't think the players have a good, good, good uh, answer for it. I think they don't know, basically don't know how to problem solve, which I hate that because it's so generic and airy. And this is what coaches talk about, is like problem solving, problem solving, problem solving. And, I, you know, I hate it. I think it's a catch-all and, it, and, it's, and it's an excuse. But there may well be an element of that for Bristol, um, which is, you know, once that system fails, they don't have the flexibility to change. Hmm. It, it is. They are in a tough position just because they have got so much talent. When that talent is not working or being shut down, where do you go next? Game over. Where Where do you go? But yeah, I I, I would I would honestly put it from my perspective on these two games, I put it more down to the f- the failures up front that can be corrected, um, and and I think will be corrected. Um, and I think once they've got that more solid platform, you will see the proper Bristol. But it, it's it's a tough start, and they've got a lot of work to do over this season to, tough start. To, to to do it. Um, what did Declan Kidney? Declan Kidney said something th- uh, this week in his presser. I can't remember. He said something like the third of a third of the league will be over by November, or and then sort of adding that for for some teams their league will be over by by, by then because if you've not if you've lost your first six or eight games, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's very, 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 yeah, very difficult to You've got five points out of your first. Well, I'm going to bring up this season, 2017. Exeter Chiefs Exeter, won yeah. the Premiership. They lost nine out of ten games in a stretch. They did, didn't they? I think about the start of the season. Home. It included Premier Cup. Well, nine out of eleven, or something like that, including Europe and Anglo Welsh Cup, as it was, and Premiership. But they lost something like nine out of eleven, and they won that. They won the Premiership. Mm. Thing is, here's, here's the problem, right? So Bristol or Exeter lose another game in this stretch. It's okay for one of them to do it, I would say, because you can sort of fight back. But when two of them have done it, you're in, and you're not only just fighting to get in the top four. You're also fighting with the other comeback team who are in the same position as you. You know, it's really, really difficult. So if I mean, I don't think they can afford to lose many more at all if they've both got potential top four ambitions. They, you know, they need to uh, they need to be kicking on. Hmm. Um, Owen three would be pretty devastating. Yeah, it would be. It would be definitely. I can see Bristol going uh, zero and three. Well, they've got Actually, Bath at home, and we can talk, we can talk about Bath because they've got issues. And you know who extra have got next? Uh, Sale at the Fortress AJ. Oh Bell. yeah. Ooh. So they, they could legit, they could both be three and zero. So how many? So we're just looking back. One of them will not be making top top four. So last season, do you know how many wins? Obviously, this counts COVID wins. Um, but do you know how many wins the top two teams got? Bristol and Exeter. Uh, out of 22 games. Out of 22, I'd 17. say 14. 17. 17. Both of them got 17. Wow. But Quinn's snuck in, uh, not even snuck in, they, they got into the top four with 14 points to spare between them and Northampton with only 13 wins. So you can you can afford to be to drop a good you can lose eight. Games. You can lose eight games and make top four. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they've used twenty five percent of their lost game allowance. Oh no, top four. Yeah, but there's two of them. Yeah, yeah. You can you can lose eight. Let's say eight games in a normal season, um, and still make top four. Now, do, do you know where I watched this game? Where did you? Um, where would? Uh, in, in a queue for petrol. <laughs> Underground <laughs> in a bunker. <laughs> Whilst um, building and and. 
uh, what's the wait, wait, what's it called when you take something apart? Taking apart and reverse putting back together your your rifles until you can do it in <laughs> under twenty seconds in the dark and underwater. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. blindfolded. I've, I've already mastered that. Um, no, I went. So I, I decided I wanted to watch a rugby game on Saturday afternoon. Well, who did you watch? Well, Exeter were playing. Yeah, Sunday Park. Yeah, I was in Devon. Yeah, but uh, it was like nearly two hours drive from where I was, oh. showing how big. Devon is. So you went to see Plymouth Argyle? Dev- Devon's like the south of no, France. No, not Plymouth. You went to see Penzance uh, Cornish Pirates? No. Plymouth uh, Argyle? Launceston? No. Okay. No. Launceston, we were, not, we were about an hour from Launceston. Launceston's... Because uh, we were on the... Topsham. North, northwest coast uh, of Devon, which is just about uh, less than 10 miles to into Cornwall. But no, it was, a, it was a Devon team. Red Roof. Playing against a Cornish team, actually. Playing against Falmouth. Oh, were they? It was Biddeford. Who are uh. um, North Devon team, and the mighty Biddeford absolutely hammered Falmouth. Is oh dear, fifty-two fourteen. But it's, it's a very entertaining game. I'm very fond of Falmouth. Mm. Uh, I, I was obviously supporting the home team. Yes, yes, of course. You wouldn't, wouldn't like to make waves, would you, Phil? I, I, absolutely not. But it was a great turn. Probably 150, 200 people there. Good turnout. Had a nice, nice, nice few pints and. Uh, Watch a good game of rugby, keeping one eye on the on the Wasps Lovely. Bristol game. Well, I returned to my my boyhood club this weekend and played for Colwyn Bay. It was awesome because I, I looked at the team sheet and there's a couple of guys that I play youth team rugby with back in the day. So uh, awesome, uh, suited up, suited up. It's an American football term. Uh, <laughs> kit, kitted up uh, next to my old friend Martin Cormack, which is very nice. Mm. Um, what position did you play? I played tight head prop to start and then moved out into centres. Nice. And, uh, it was 95-7. To wow. The, to them. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Right. So, um, there have been whispers, and I have heard this um, by from a fair few people, but I've kind of just buried my head and ignored it. But North Wales rugby isn't in the rudest of health, to put it mildly. Uh, I've heard this from lads that play you know, Rithin, um, Colwyn Bay, you know, so on and so forth. So, this week, two teams in North Wales couldn't raise first teams, both Stinyog and... Denby couldn't raise the first team, which is uh, couldn't raise the first because I've heard of teams that used to have four teams dropping down to three and then struggling to get three. Yeah, wow, Both. and and in Wales as well, that's unheard of because like the incredible thing about Wales is you you go through the tiniest little village and there's a yeah they quite often haven't got even a, a local pub but they've got a, they've got a rugby pitch. South Wales, South Wales, you definitely Wales get that. a little bit more sparse. Oh, I, okay. I would say yeah, yeah that's but, fair. That's but fair. there's still some rugby. some good old rugby institutions in North Wales. Well, yeah. So Corn Bay was putting out a second team. First time they've had a second team for literally years because of COVID. Now, if you want to point fingers at why North Wales rugby might be struggling, you might want to start with the with with the laws. So we were playing these rules, and obviously I played my rugby in England. Came down, I had no idea that the COVID uh, rules were applying. Look at this: you don't scrimmage if there is a forward pass or for any other reason other than a knock on. But so you still scrimmage, from but we knock-on. still have a full scrimmage. That's for just knock-on. like the, they've just gone. It's, JB wants a knock on rule. We'll do the opposite. We'll only, <laughs> yeah. we'll only have knock ons. Like, this is insane. So like, hang on. Are you telling me that COVID spreads with scrums? Because if you are, I, I can accept your argument. If if it does, like it doesn't, it doesn't spread like five percent in each scrum. Or you know, I don't know. What are they thinking? Uh, but I, but surely knock on at that level, knock ons is more common than a forward pass. Oh yeah, there were some horrendous knock ons. There's absolutely horrendous. Way more knock-ons. common. So um 
yeah, it just strange things like that. Like, the referee marked the line out. I said, sir, is that is that the middle line or is that the defensive line? He blew up for a penalty and marched the line out. The, not the penalty. He marched the line out ten, ten, <laughs> ten metres back or ten yards back. So like, that's not a law. That's not a law. Don't ask questions, JB. That's the coaching yeah. point. But to be fair, <laughs> another, another rule that they've got there, law, is if the referee calls a ruck, nobody new can enter the ruck or the moor. So if you're lining up your uh, the ruck like to, you know, to defensively smash it, and he calls ruck, well, you can't enter. Why? COVID's not going to spread more because I've entered the ruck later. Uh, same with the mall. If the, calls, um, if the mall is called, then, yeah. So, very strange. Uh, to be fair to the ref, had a very good game, actually. He made you know that one silly error, which I found, found hilariously funny in a nerdy way. But he's got to, he's got to ref the normal laws, plus his, plus his um, adaptations. It's a bloody hard game, game anyway. Why he'd want to be a ref, well, not that many people want, like, want to be. Then you've got to give him all this other stuff well, to do. Here's another point. If you aren't a rugby nerd like us, there's times when you look at it and go, yeah, why would you want to be a ref? Also, why would you want to be a player? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it was awesome to be involved with the second team, which has been raised for the first time in God knows how long, even though it was 95 points to nil. Rugby doesn't help itself sometimes, does it? Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to someone um, last week about local rugby clubs and whether they're interested in um, like premiership rugby or international. And a few people who will go to it will be... Into, oh, no, more than a few will be interested in inter- the big internationals when England play. Most people couldn't care less about about That's the Tigers. premiership rugby. Yeah, they, rugby clubs are there as a vehicle to get people playing rugby. Yeah. The people there want to play rugby and then they want to go and have a few... I think you said before, JB, you want to talk about Liverpool or United yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. something else. They care about playing... They don't actually really care about watching. No, I find it astonishing. Absolutely, absolutely astonishing. Anyway, brilliant weekend, and I'll be doing that again, even if it does involve another ninety-five points conceded. Has well, to start somewhere. Do you know someone else or some other people had a good weekend? Please, and let you me. The Royal Marines. Oh, so we got the Royal Marines. They beat Gibra- Gibraltar. Oh, did they? oh yes, they did, didn't they? They beat Gibraltar. Matt from the uh, from the Royal Marines captained. Did he? The Royal good Marines. Idea. Yeah. As they beat Gibraltar, and he sent some amazing pictures. Did look, get, at, look at that! Did I get an offer to watch that game? Have I, was I drunk or something? <laughs> I don't I'm know. Sure someone offered me to, to to watch that game. I'd love to go out to watch that game. Looks like great fun afterwards as well. What was the score between uh, Royal Marines and Gibraltar? Don't know. He's not said. But yeah, I bet no other rugby podcasts are covering Royal Marines versus Gibraltar. Hundred percent. When, when you say lazy. covering, lazy, men- mentioning in passing, lazy. It looked like great fun though. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Uh, right, so back to some actual professional rugby. Um, let's talk about Bath, shall we? <laughs> well, well, well. Now, I've not seen any of this. Well, I've I, seen I, enough. Normally, yeah, I was going to say brief highlights. Pro- probably neither of you, but that won't stop you. I've watched most of the game though, actually. Okay, uh, I just had to. I, I had to watch it as soon as I I'm saw sure, it was on. I'm sure you did. Even my WhatsApp was like, I came off the rugby field and my WhatsApp is lit up with lots of people saying, you know, have you seen the Bath result? Hooper, Hooper out? Question mark? You know, on and on and on and on. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I can't even begin to know where to start with this. Um, so first of all, I did do the presser at Bath this uh, uh, this week. And I thought it was really interesting, actually. It's probably the most interesting one of the whole week. And I thought Hooper was really interesting, too, because he was talking about you know the seven sides that they bought in. You know, I think they've been very, very success- successful doing that because they've just signed a new one in yes. Cor- D Carpentier. Yep. Uh, and I think he'll probably work out well. Uh, and also talking about reinte- re- reintegrating his internationals. And I thought, that is it, isn't it? If you've got that many internationals going back and forth from your club that you have a special process to reintegrate them and you think you know, you're very slick at this now maybe that's the problem because you need your best players uh, all certainly Bath do at least um, and I just think the international thing really messes with them and they've got injuries as well so Ben Spencer's out they're thinking of allegedly going to the market to see what they've got uh, what, you know, what they can bring in so already game two they're looking potentially at, if there's no one in the academy that is su- suitable bring, bring someone else in so uh-huh. That's quite interesting. Have they got any cap space? That's also interesting. Because I, I, I can't, I can't imagine they'll have much. No, that is a good point. So the answer is I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, Spencer's injury looks like he's going to be a few weeks, if if not longer. And Cochrane Singer's going to be a few months. Oh, yeah, a while. And Sipper's obviously not playing this week. Yeah, because of his HIA from last week. So pretty grim. Uh, the actual performance of Bath, though, is what we need to talk about. Um, naive is probably the best way to describe it. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this. They were flying off the line. So I I don't know. They seem to... There's this attitude like, well, yeah, we're going to buy in something, and they're all dead enthousi- enthousi- um, enthusiastic and bushy-tailed. So the thing was flying up in, in defence this week. And Newcastle just exploited the space behind them dead, dead, dead easily. Uh, they wanted to be really physical in the mall, too. And Newcastle just talking, just, just talking to pieces. I mean, some of the defending in that game was inexcusable. The Radwan try, did you see that? I've, I've not seen oh my, any of this. Awesome finishing. I mean, Radwan's a special player. Don't mm, get me wrong. He but is. The, the defending was like it was like watching Colin Bayland did again. <laughs> like it, it just people would not even attempting to to, to to tackle him. Then they get to a stage where they think, oh, okay, uh, time to take it seriously, and they can score points. Just, just hold on a minute. Just, just, just pause. Yeah, you can talk about all of those things, but I'm just looking at the 15 and going. That uh, you look at that 15 and go, yeah, they're gonna lose. I, not, not because any of the players are bad, but just all together, all at the same time. Fox, Bailey, your halfbacks, a Jomo in the centres. A Jomo's class. Oh no, no. I'd buy a Jomo. If I had a rugby club, I'd buy a no. Jomo and all great tomorrow. Talented players, team. but young, wet behind the ears. You talk about naive. Actually, it's just young. And then the front row, Schumann and Yonker as, as props. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you know about those guys? Not both a great sa- deal. Both, both, both South African, one came from the Lions, did he not? Yeah, Underhill went off early as well, which isn't going to help. But I just... It's not... It's, it's a bit uninspiring when you look at the 15 compared when you think about the, uh, the kind of team they could 
midfield. That, that is absolutely true, right? I don't like people talking about Bath in terms of the team they could field because it seems to make no difference. And when they field their best team, it seems to be that it is their smaller or you know their less high-profile players that, that that play the best consistently for them. So when I say a Bath team sheet, like it, I'm always looking for Bayless, I'm looking for Reed, uh, De Glanville. Um, Muir, McConaughey, people like that. I mean, and McConaughey wasn't actually playing this week. Those are the guys that really, really show up for them week in, week out. I actually think their internationals are getting to a point now because they've gone so frequently. Uh, they're almost a hindrance. They pay, they pay a fortune for them and they don't play them that that often. The best bath teams down the years have frightening front five. Yeah, a scary front five, and Bath's front five isn't scary. It's not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'd be intimidated by Charlie Yule's in the flesh. But they could do with someone like a Dave, uh, Dave Atwood. He would be perfect for them. Mm. Uh, Launchbury, break the bank for an Atoji. You know, that's what you're right. They need a massive second row. Well, uh, I, I, it's interesting because their f- their best front row that they can put out. I actually think it's very, very good. Yeah. I Will love Avano, Dunn, and... Stewart. And Will Stewart. Stewart, yeah. I think Will I Stewart really, is really quality prop. Yeah, I, I really rate Will Stewart. I, I think Avano is class as well, and Dunn is class. And when you when you look at those names, they're all in and around the England squad. Um, and then you look at them in a bath shirt when, when on the few occasions they do get to play together, and they're just not the same. They're, they're less than the sum of the parts rather than greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, that's a good way of putting yeah. it. Um, it's the enthusiasm. It's like I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's like they're yeah, they're very they're a very enthusiastic bunch, but they just don't seem to pull off anything of any use. Well, let's just talk about Newcastle for a second because yeah. they did this last year as well. Yeah, they shocked Bath last year um, when they just come up. Um, they won nineteen twelve in that game. So Bath have done. Well, they scored one more point in the home fixture than they did last year. Still lost by the same margin. If they can stay in the um, Premiership for the next seven years, they'll they'll uh, they'll sneak a win. Well, no, because by <laughs> that trajectory, no, because uh, the, the margin remained the same. Oh so yeah, you're right. Seven points. But Newcastle got one more point. Um, Devastating. But this Newcastle team, I mean, look at the back line. You you were saying the lack of experience in the Bath team. Yeah, Schroeder, Hayden Wood, Stevens, Luke, Stevenson, Radwan, Penny. You're absolutely right. The, these are kids. Yeah, these are like this inexperienced is, kids. That is their their tenth first start. Yeah, so he's another sub sub lad. Uh, Hayden so Wood, whatever his name. He's is. twenty. You uh, and Stevens is nineteen. Luke, the Luke, they got out of the championship last year. Stevenson's twenty three. Radwan's what twenty three, twenty four, twenty three. Yeah. yeah, it. So I was um, fair fair play to yeah. Newcastle for. For turning up, I, and <laughs> I was getting some background on uh, HWH, right? Yeah, um, is it HWH or WHW? Uh, WHW, WHW, right? Yeah, yeah, it's one of the two. And um, the feedback was an incredible player, a great talent, um, and <laughs> and um, amazing in broken field. And then it was prefixed with, but how many uh, how many broken fields do you see in Premiership rugby? It's like <laughs> it's Bath this week. You 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 would be amazed. <laughs> I also got another great bit of feedback about a completely different player. And I won't tell you who the player is. Doesn't play for either, either of these two teams. So I just did a bit of a, a bit, bit, bit of research. So uh, what's this guy like? And the, and the response was much better than expected. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Uh, so, um, well done, Bath, for getting one more point than you did last year. Yeah, marginal gains, followed by, I guess, a marginal decrease in defence. Exactly. But it's naive, it's a naive and stupid performance by, by, by Bath. Oh, I'd, I just love watching Radwan. Yeah, he's so have, you seen, have, you, have you seen that try yet, Tim? Yeah, he's ridiculous. It is, isn't it ridiculous? He's so fast. He's outrageous. And that I, low centre of gravity as well, the way he changes direction. I wonder if they... Why don't they just give me the bath job? Just give me the bath job. <laughs> like, I'd, have it, I'd have it turned around in like a day. Two days. <laughs> it, can't, it can't be that hard, can it? Have you got uh, any contacts to Bruce Craig? Not yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty... Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to get some. I'm going to get go. some. I don't know what I'll do. I'll tell him. I'll invite, tell him. invite him to a reception on the boat. That'll be up Bruce Craig Street. Nice. Do you know what? I'll tell him. I'll tell him that I, I read a book on leadership. <laughs> that, that's which all which one? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll just make it up. It doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> Smelling of Roses by Stuart Barnes. Sp- Smelling of Roses by Stuart Barnes. Yeah, great Bathman. I'm in. Oh, um, yeah. Did either of you see any significant proportion of the Exeter game? Yes, no, just right. very brief highlights. So Exeter go 14-0 up, and you think... I know that was in less than 10 minutes, they're 14-0 up. You're like, right, this is done. Mm. Exeter are just going to... They've, they've hit reset. Yeah, they're just back to normal. And then they just kind of stutter and couldn't get going properly. I know they're missing a few players. A lot of players Yeah, but in the pack. This is one of the things that Exeter, we've always said... It doesn't matter who they who they yeah. who they are playing because they are they are a team extra and they still are and they always will be under Baxter. They are more than the sum of they, their parts. They've been affected more than any other team by the law changes. Well, that's one of the interesting things. So I was watching. So I've not seen either of their full games, but I've watched the extended highlights. And I, I wanted to. I think I need to watch a bit more, but I wonder how much they are affected and going to be affected by the goal line dropout and the latching oh and the, the latching. latching is doing my head in it is official or the or the fact so so now the law is you can pre-latch before a player picks up or gets past the ball or whatever but then if you do you have to stay on your feet after they go to deck yes yeah, so you can't see it but like hang on so let me just understand this so i've grabbed phil's shirt right is that a latch or is it not that's a latch. That's a latch. Just the act of holding your mate's shirt is yeah, a latch. Yeah, if, if you're binding onto him before contact, that's a latch. Right, okay. But if I... So I don't even like I don't like don't even like this definition. So the grabbing of the shirt is a latch. I always thought it was the grabbing of the shirt plus a little bit of force from the shoulder or a push, which would be the latch. You've got to, so you've got to have a, a grab... Or bind. It's not just like touching the player. It's it's like when you when yeah, you're yeah. Bound, so, when you're bound yeah. onto them. Yeah. So there's yeah. like sort of, a sort of grey area there. What is latched? What isn't? So if you're standing ready to, um, if you're standing ready to receive a ball and your man is behind you about to latch, if he's touching you, is he a, is he latched or is he just touching? No, you? no. I think I, I think you know. It's when when it's bound on. Well, I think. I, well, I think like I in a mall. Like if if it would be you're in the mall, then no. then you're latching. No, but let, g- let's not let's not go too technical. Now on this. that guy goes to ground and, pre- and presents long. The latcher, this is where they get him pinged, goes to clear out. But yeah. if he comes off his feet... Well, what it is, is when the ball carrier goes to deck, the, the man that's latched with him can't just fall down with him. But that would be off your feet anyway, so that's illegal. Well, uh, well uh, unless, no. Yeah, because if, if it becomes a maul and the maul collapses, then you're not 
if you're part of the mall, you're not off your feet, are you? Yeah, but if the ruck, so what, the, what Tim is saying there, if there's a ruck, and this is important, it doesn't sound important, but it is important. If you roll and present long, and then I go over, and then I go over, and over then you, yeah, then fall over. Yeah, but it's then, that's not supporting my weight. So no, no, it's no. Really it's really. then, but that, that's always been pinged because you said and then go over and go down. But the point is, when when you latch, um, you're bound onto someone. The ball carrier goes down, you go down with him. But the very presence of you being there means that the ball is much easier to win. Right, and this is what they're pinging, yes. isn't it? Which I just think is good practice. I mean, I can't see how. It can't, that should not be a law. It's ridiculous. So now I've got a latch, I've got to have a clear release and then go down. And I might still, I just, I just hate and, it. And if I was an attacking player, sorry, if I was a defensive player, I would almost go, right, when they latch, keep him on the ball carrier and push him to deck and we'll win a pen. Mm. Yeah. Or guess just clear straight through. The, I mean, I just don't, it's just such a stupid technical law. Yeah, you are far, as a defending player, you're far more likely to get a penalty just from well, sacking the carrier. Yeah, because the, the, man, the man is pre bound. And also, if I'm carrying, what I can get hit by two men, but my mate can't help me get through the get get through the contact and then support me in, in the ruck. Nonsense. So there will always be unintended consequences. I think the element they're trying to I, I, I don't know, but I I think the element maybe they were trying to get rid of is final five minutes of a game someone trying to wind down the clock and they just create those, you know them when you yeah. do ruck, ruck, ruck yep. and and you put so many people latched on at the same time that it's almost impossible. Yeah, it becomes impossible, it becomes to, impossible. to win the ball. You think about um, how you execute a latch, right? So you watch Sale do it, they used to do it really well, I don't know if they still do actually, but they'll stand in, stand in midfield, stationary, two lads will get the ball from a stationary position, receive the ball and then they'll start going forward. Well, if you take that, how are you going to generate, if you take away that... How are you going to generate the necessary energy to get over the gain line? Well, you have to go back to hard runners coming on at speed onto the ball, and that creates much bigger collisions. You've got more, if you like, torque with a um, with a latch and carry because it's like a lower impact drive through. Right? It's just such a nonsense law. And the way Wayne Bonds was officiating it today, Wayne Bonds didn't have many bad games. I thought he had an awful game uh, with Irish. Um, it just it slowed everything down. If you're watching that. As a as a rugby coach, I'm watching. I'm like, I don't really see what I would be coaching differently there. And if I did coach it differently, I'm sure there's many other refs that wouldn't call it. And I'm sure there's many incidents like incidents like that in the game where Wayne, Wayne, where Wayne Bonds actually let it go as well. I just think it's a dreadful law. They should just go back to it, what they it, did it has made. I will say it has made a, an already very complicated area even more complicated. Yeah, the only mm. time that they officiate it right is when they remember to. And the only time they remember to is when they've got a series of carrying latches. When it all slows down. Yeah, and they go, right, okay, I'm watching for the latch. Well, why weren't you watching for the latch before? Which <laughs> is it? Like, what do I coach? So I'd, if I was done the Irish State, I'd have been furious. And then Sale got, got, got pinged for one. But more importantly, if I'm a fan watching that, I'd be furious because I want to see rugby. I don't want to see this stupid well, law. We saw some great games this weekend. Yeah, but, you know, um, I think the sale, uh, not to talk about sale yet, but the London Irish game, you know, those London Irish fans are on their feet, and then they concede two penalties for things which basically were not a penalty a few weeks ago, and, you know, it just ruins the game. No one wants to see a penalty when you're about to score or got a chance for a score for a stupid technical law, and that's all, all that this is. Well, to avoid this being converted to a uh, sale fest, which you're trying hard, Yeah. yeah. Um, massive congratulations to Northampton, who've yes. gone away to Sandy Park, who went 14-0 down. Yeah. They were the last team to beat Exeter at Sandy Park. 
Yeah. In February. And to do it in the manner that they did in a difficult game and with pressure kicks in the last 10 minutes for, for Furbank, and the, the one he slotted from uh, near the touchline to, to win the thing, fair play. That is a, a great, great result. And, yeah. they, and they scored some great tries as well doing it. The, the Proctor try was awesome. Yeah. And I, I thought that Northampton would get the rub of the green here just because of the way that Exeter defended against Tigers. I knew that they would concede points. I actually think Northampton are even better equipped than Tigers to, uh, to, to score with frequency. Uh, the way that they play is very positive. Do you know what? If, um, if the Bristol players had Chris Boyd as their coach, they play in a similar way, but far, far more effectively. That's what I think. Mm. I, I think with Exeter, they do have to solve this, these, these law changes because it has taken a massive part of their game away. I I was I, I find the way they have played the last few years immense and I yeah. love it. Uh, and they play some great rugby to get into an opponent of 22 and then when they're there, they just have that ruthless efficiency where they're going over. That's been taken away by, is, by the laws. I, I agree with you, Tim. It is one of the best sites in rugby having ex- Exeter in the opposition five-metre five, uh, uh, five, five line. Like It is just amazing. And also the way they get there. You, you well, the way it. they used to. Yeah, they can't. They can't now. They yeah. just can't. It is. It's more. Diff- it's, it's changed. It's made it more difficult through the latch, and it's changed the incentive. the risk and the incentive. Yeah, yeah through the through the dropout. Yeah, um, but the, but Exeter will figure it out. Yeah, they've, they, so they've got to solve to solve that because the same game, same personnel against Northampton, they would have got a couple more tries, and the game would have been won uh, in, in a previous season. So they've got to figure that out. And also said it last week. Say it again. Johnny Hill, Sam Skinner, uh, Sam Simmons, loads of them. Jacques Vermeulen, Dave Ewers. It's quite a lot, isn't it? Luke Cowan Dickey. There's six but of their first choice pack. But the difference is there when you look at their pack compared to say you know, when you were listing the names for the Bath squad. Yeah, they are green. The people that they're putting on the field are pretty good. You know, it's not like you just got kids. They've got like Don Armand. They've got Yanis um, Kirsten. Uh, Harry Williams, Hepburn, Yendel, you know, they're not they're not uh just Academy lads. Actually number eight is literally an Academy lad. Yeah, Tuima. Who, yeah. Who's yeah. a big strong boy. Be uh, interested to see a bit more of him. Yeah. And do you know like the way we said about as good losses and bad losses, so you know, the the Gloucester losses are a bad loss. This isn't a a terrible loss for for, for Exeter. As you've said, they've got all of those guys to come back in. They can look at that and go, look, this is what we're down this is what happens when we are down by this and this number of players, don't worry, boys. Uh, stay, stay the course. You're gonna have Jack <coughs> back and Stuart Hogg and whoever else soon, so you'll be fine. All the boys, all the lads. Yeah, Exeter will. I have every faith that Exeter will be definitely top four this season. I'm a little bit less confident in my Bristol prediction. Yes, <laughs> at the moment. Um, they've got a new shirt sponsor, Exeter Chiefs. Yes. So this story has wound me up beyond. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an unreasonable amount. So last Tuesday, Tony Rowe put out a statement. Do you see the Tony Rowe statement about the stand and the, yeah. the club? Yeah, like, and you know, obviously Twitter being absolute uh, yeah, garbage cheap. I mean, uh, well, yeah, and, and and that's maybe the mistake. They're racist. That's yeah, maybe the up, mistake Tony Rowe made is even giving oxygen to a tiny, tiny number of people. But so, so uh, I don't know what the original article was he was referring to, but he said the negative press coverage of, of late. And I don't know what, I've not, as a guy who consumes a bit of pr- rugby press, I don't know where he got this negative press co- coverage from. I will say this, though. 
Um, and Simon Orange does this too. They can be com- combative and they fight their corner. I, I quite like that. I quite appreciate it. You know, uh, I kind of like the idea that, no, actually, if you said that and it's wrong, I'll release a statement and we'll show exactly all the good, good, good things that we're doing. But what really got me were people who just, they mustn't care about rugby. They couldn't give a single shit about rugby. And it's almost like they want Exeter to fail now. And every time there's some bad news, there's just absolute delight. People forget that Exeter, um, it's not just a standalone club. Like, you've been down, 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 down there down there. A few times. Well, I went to university there, so I remember. Um, so that was when they were in the championship. Might have even been national. What? No, championship, and they played at the county ground on a mud bath. Yeah, and th- they've come a hell of a long way. Exactly, and that success is just dripping down to all corners of the. Uh, how on? Where are they? Devon, Devon, Cornwall, somewhere, so, so, somewhere like that. But you, but you can see. Um, you can see the clubs around them starting to feed, feed off mm-hmm. that, like Cornish Pirates and Plymouth, and you know it's far, far bigger. And yet, how many of the great English clubs have been European champions? Wasps, Leicester, Northampton, Bath, Surrey's. Northampton, Saracens. So that's it. They're, they're in that. Yeah, elite. Exeter are legitimately by a lot of standards, they're probably the biggest club now in England. I mean, it's inc- what they've done is so incredible. And people want to see see them fail because they're arseholes. I mean, they want to destroy things and they don't want to celebrate what has been built. And, you know, if you can't celebrate Exeter, Exeter Chiefs, then what, Then what? you know, why, why even bother? I, I read an amazing thing this week, which was uh, someone from my wife's family, who's a can- cantankerous old git, had written a letter to uh, the England and Wales cricket board complaining about the change of batsman to batter. Which is ridiculous. Which is a ridiculous change, but he's written it, basically complaining about it's disgusting that they're changing language like that. This is a chap who has never paid a cent to watch any cricket game ever. (laughs) Doesn't follow it on the TV, doesn't doesn't watch it, has never been to his local club, has never been to Lancashire, lives in Lancashire, has never been to Lancashire, just doesn't follow cricket, but is in the... Probably... In the other direction, angry at something that has no influence over him, because he's getting angry at something. Yeah. It reminds me of this kind of stance. Well, I, I, I'm similar in in cricketing terms, and I, but I, I, I wouldn't wasn't angry enough to write a letter. But <laughs> hang on, you gave out player of play, star of the day, <laughs> star of the match. <laughs> I thought it was an award for pri- for primary school kids. Yeah. Player of the player of the match now. <laughs> um, the, the, so star, the star of the match thing. That, that, that was is the Heineken logo. Because it's, yeah, because it's Heineken. Ah, well, that's quite good. I like yeah. that. There you go. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but but the the bat the batter instead of batsman. The point is that's been changed to appease like, somebody to appease. People that really don't care about cricket, or well, rugby. yeah, and that, like, even that is... more that don't care about rugby or cricket, they want to, as JB said, they want to it's see the world. They yeah. want to see the world burn and turn and tear everything down. They, you... want, they want people to bend because of their power. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard the it, most? It, his, his, uh, the funniest story which I've come across over the last few weeks. Uh, this will get me into some trouble. Nevertheless, the double is fairly. You know, yeah, the WWE have got a new character. Uh, and it's a woke character who uh, talks Have about safe- <laughs> <laughs> he talks about the ring as a safe space and all sorts of things. <laughs> Apparently, they pulled it though. What? I, I, I don't. Know. I was reading today that they, that, that they might have pulled it. I thought that is a brilliant idea, <laughs> an absolutely brilliant idea. 
So, yeah, fingers crossed that that one comes back because like, that yeah, is hilarious. Yeah, what everyone in the crowd has to do jazz hands. Yeah. Don't that, applaud. That, that, that should be... That stress me out. That could, do you know what? That could be Exit Chief's new, um, new mascot. A woke WWE wrestler. <laughs> you thought he'd been retired from the WWE. <laughs> Incorrect. <back>. Incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Like, th- there are legitimate things that I am very concerned about in the world at the minute. And I'm concerned about them because I think they could... branding? Because I think they could have a, a real significant effect on the quality of my children's life in, in years to come, on the opportunities that they have um, that I've enjoyed that they might not get the chance to. They might have an effect on my and people I love's health and financial stability and and work, general well-being and, and mental well-being. There are things which are actually having a tangible effect. If I ever have... N- nothing to worry about only then would i turn my attention to whether i am upset by the word batsman yeah or yeah chief or extra chief or chief although although tomo hawk does fill my heart with joy he's <laughs> <laughs> irish that. tomo hawk I, the mascot he's irish i actually started laughing to myself in the car today thinking <laughs> of tomo hawk. hey guys we're changing the branding tomo hawk <laughs> fair play oh dear absolutely brilliant Fair play, Northampton. Yeah. Yeah, well done, Saints. Um, Quinn's got a good win. Worcester. Uh, they look two, all right. Two losing bonus points. So the first three games of the season, they're going to be fine. <laughs> they look decent. Yeah, because everyone's... You know, again, you look at the team sheet, I was like, they could give they could give Quinn's a good run here. You know, I think Willie Hines... Did I say this last week? Willie Hines and Owen Williams are good players in their own right. But, of course, they know each other. They, they play at Gloucester together. Mm. So... And you're bringing in pretty much a settled halfback pairing who are already better than your current half, current halfback. Previous, yeah. So great, great bit of business. Um, good. Uh, Andre Esterhazen, my he's so God, player, he's a he? good player. Yeah, he's class. And I love the Louis Lyon try. I love. I just love. All right, there is a line. I'm going to run as fast as I can towards that line. Like there's just, there's there's no compromise whatsoever. Um, I yeah, Worcester. Mark my words. Will have. Another good performance next week. If they start picking up knocks, I don't think we're going to see. I think we're going to see it's a year very similar to last year once, once they start getting some knocks. But, you know, their first 15, like everyone else's first 15, seems to be very, very good. And they currently sit in the top four. Yeah. Well, they did this. So last year, do you remember, they they went with the first their first 15 as often as they could. Mm. And then what tends to happen is they'll lose a guy and they'll lose another guy, and you know the problems just compound and compound. Now, if they, you know, it, it, they're good, they're, their year will consist of I don't know up to five wins. I think they'd be like delighted with five, uh, mm. over five wins, but that will all, all be around. Can they get this fifteen out? Yeah, and that would that would be a significant improvement from last year. One uh, win, one win, ignoring the. Covid games, yeah. Opening game of the season, two losing bonus points is is, is nothing to sniff at, though. Definitely not, definitely not. And, and they've got guys to come back in as well. They've got their two lions, Sutherland and Van der Merwe. Oh yeah. yeah, they have, haven't they? Duan. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll they'll be okay. They'll be okay. I think five wins is probably where we're looking at for them. But again, it depends. Like who've they got next week? Gloucester, Gloucester. Now that is a game that they could potentially win. Uh, yes. Just on that, so that is, uh, Worcester have got an artificial it. surface. Gloucester now have an artificial, artificial yeah. surface. But I understand Saracens are going back to grass. Is that right? That's interesting. Mm. Now, they've had a problem with their artificial grass because 
it got used too much, from what I understand. So they, they, they laid it down and they had to replace it, but they were using it almost all the time. There's kids on it, there's school kids there. And it makes the stadium so much more accessible for people yeah. other than Saturday, Saturday, Saturday rugby games. Yeah. I'm surprised. Are they going in the hybrid or full grass? No idea. Because I think hybrid it, sounds like the way forward. I think Joe Marlow's got a point when he says no more plastic pitches for games. I think training and community game are absolutely essential. Um, but I think hybrid seems to be the obvious way forward here. Well, the the hybrid, I know. T- I remember reading about Twickenham a few years ago now. They may have changed it, but that was like a, it's like a five or ten percent weave. Mm. So it was mostly. Grass. Are we talking about um, Andy Goode's hair or <laughs> <laughs> mostly grass? But there, it is then held together with the hybrid, the weave, and it creates best better. Um, kind of cushioning to run, but also better stability and strength for when you're scrimmaging on it. So oh, it, yeah, it has a bit of give. It has a bit of give for the running, but it also it doesn't tear up right. like you see like some millennium. pitches. Yeah, like some of the the old pitches, or particularly like if you play on football pitches, and then play, shallow. Well, also, that, and then that's why Joe Marler doesn't like it. He likes to have a good thirty second rest, pulling the the grass, grass. Off, the grass and mud out of his studs. Yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no mud to pull out. No mud Devastating. Pull out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think he's got. I think he has got a point there. But yeah, uh, Saracens getting rid of their grass is or going back to grass is very interesting because uh, I mean they can't use that stadium in the same way that they would otherwise, and they do use it all of the time. Yeah, it changes the way you can use it unless you can, which they won't be doing unless you can do something like uh, is Tottenham roll on, roll off. There are there are stadia in Japan have, yeah, that are yeah. roll on, roll off. I'm not sure about Tottenham actually. There is one Sapporo Dome, is it? The yeah, baseball maybe. stadium that rolls in and rolls out. Yeah. I think that's a, the, a much cooler solution. Ah, aha, yes. Is it Cowboy Stadium that does it? Maybe. I think it is. But yeah, there are stadia that do that. I'd be astonished off. if anyone in rugby is rolling their pitch. There's in no it, chance unless they make it part of their training regime. Yeah, it's not happening, is it? So you, you Thirty cool minutes though. of live scrums against an entire rugby pitch. So I think Worcester. I. Yeah, I think Worcester have multiple training pitches. They've got really good facilities, Worcester. And I think they mark out their pitch, their training, I'm sure they do, mark out their training pitch to the exact size of the opposition's pitch for the next week. Yeah, because like Exeter, for example, has the the very deep uh, yeah. dead ball area. Now, Exeter have also got a training pitch just outside of Sunday Park, and it's awesome. I've, I've, mm. I've played, pl- pl- played on that. Oh yes, let, let let's rank all the all the teams by the quality of their training pitches. <laughs> that, that, that'll, that'll be next week's feature. How exciting! <laughs> well, a lot of them are the pitch now, like Gloucester train at Kingstone. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah they've, they've that was part that. of the reason why they laid the artificial surface. And I that's believe, why they've left Hartbury. Because I don't know whether there was an acrimonious split with Hartbury. I don't know, but they split with Hartbury in that sense and had nowhere to go. So I think. That's why they went for the artificial surface, uh, so they could train on it. Yeah, and they've and got I'm the certain. warehouse next door now for their yeah. gym facility uh, and indoor facility. Right, and I'm certain that Exeter must train at Sunday Park because, oh, I've been their gym. Their gym's there and their training pitches there. So, I didn't see the scrimmage machine. Interesting. Hmm. Um, Pete Shaw um, has emailed contactedtakechasers at gmail.com. He's, <laughs> he's in America and right now will be sitting down to watch a whole day of NFL, but he has also watched three live premiership games, Good which lad. he... Awesome. You, you can do in the states, uh, and he just makes a few points on Saints X, uh, Saint, uh, sorry, Queens Worcester, as we were talking about. Um, 
he just he pointed out that Sarah Cox was the first um, mm. the first female ref to referee a Premiership game. He said the Premiership refs continue to be the best in the world. She was very good. Let the game flow. I think that they are the best in the world. I, if you've watched any of the rugby championship with Matt Carley and Luke Pearce, they are so good. They explain everything clearly. They're on top of their decisions. They don't take an age to come to their decisions. They look at the facts and yeah. get to the point. Um, uh, and they clearly explain some of the communication when uh, like there's advantage or they're giving instructions without coaching points to players like leave it, don't enter the rook or uh, balls out, balls out, that kind of thing. It's just, they're so good. Yeah, I mean, I had a little pop at Wayne Bonds' performance this week. I mean, it, you know, like you say, what I was saying there is peripheral. You know, it's a law which I don't don't like. Uh, you know, you look at how we, the standard that he refs to is phenomenal. Yeah. It is phenomenal. And they are. They are. They yeah, are. Yeah. Where they explain, like, you got to understand, to get to that level, um, I've been ref by Sarah Cox. Mm. There you go. Um, uh, so, yeah, Peter says... Um, he just various things he loves. I, I love he loves that Adam Jones stayed on as a Queens coach and walks around in a pink vest all the time. He does <laughs> uh, Northampton v Exeter? He just said he pointed out Fur, how good Furbank looked mm. and Augustus. Yeah, is a proper unit. He said I watched him play for the Stormers and he has real potential to be a Springbok number eight in my opinion. The idea of motors. him, the idea of him, Ludlam and Harrison in a back row is terrifying. Yeah, mm. it is. Yeah, he he can certainly, he can certainly carry. Hey. Here's an, another one that we can rank rank, rank the clubs in: uh, the coolness of the coolness of their conditioning coaches. So Quinns have got a very cool conditioning coach, but they've also got a strong man conditioning. So, so they've got two. Yeah, they have. They've got world's strongest man competitor. Is it yeah. Adam Bishop? Could be. So they've got those two, but they've got a very lean one as well. Who wears like a singlet and looks a little bit like a stacked Will stacked Will Will Greenwood. Mm. Yeah. So there's quite a few. Um, oh, it's David Drake, by the way, not David Duke. Oh, David Duke last yeah, week. Yeah, yes, yeah, David yeah. Drake. So Worcester do not have uh, the leader of the KKK no, as no, their conditioning coach. Not. And we should never ever refer to him or even make that reference again because we don't want anyone to think of him in that way. No, absolutely uh, or not. Or associate in that way. What a game at the Brentford Stadium. And I want to go to the Brentford Stadium for another game. It was awesome with a small crowd at the, at the last day of... Uh, were, were you there today? No, okay. I was there for the last day That's of... That's right, The yeah. last home game of last season. Now, what are the surroundings like when you go out out the stadium? Where are you? You're, there used to be four pubs on the there was yes. a pub on the corner of every single. You have you been? No, no. But I just know the old ground. You, oh. you literally you walk out of the ground and back onto the the high street, the the main, and there is a a couple of pubs right there within fifty meters yes. of the of, of the ground. One right by the train right by the train station. Oh, so you can get in and out of central London in no time, and there's there's pubs right there. But you're on Brentford High Street, Ealing. Ealing Common is just up the road. If you wanted to go and have a, a little alfresco bottle of Prosecco in the park. Um, <laughs> or White Lightning in the park. White Lightning in the park or one of those beers. Something for everyone. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's not picturesque, but it's one of those up-and-coming parts oh, of town. Cool. Near the river, plenty of pubs, good atmosphere on a match day and great atmosphere in the stadium. It's on the list. I seldom go to... Rugby grounds, which are not the AJ Bell, without a very special reason, but I must do that. And they play the way I love London Irish and the way they play. Right, let's start with London Irish, shall we? Let's just let's just get into them now. Uh, there are many things London Irish. They are not a top four team. I can't believe I said that. Uh, <laughs> I'm look, I watched them play today, and they are absolutely clueless. They are totally and utterly clueless. Um, 
when they do play well, it's because they have excellent players that know how to play rugby. It's like, okay, the coaching stuff, what we've been told to do is clearly garbage. Let's just go and <laughs> go wild. Just, just go wild. And that's when they come alive. But they looked absolutely hopeless for huge parts of this game. Like, the How first... did Sale not put that to bed? I, I think, how did the Irish not win it? <laughs> I mean, how did they not win? I mean, a bit of both, actually. You know, so... well, well, now you know you can't give a penalty uh, away against London Irish within 68 metres of the posts. Because Paddy Jackson has it in his range. Yeah, I did not, I did not expect that. Didn't really, really did not expect that. Um, yeah, so they start this game and Sale just don't let them play. Sale were bloody brilliant at that. They were holding the ball. Um, I don't think London Irish had any significant possession for like the first twenty, first 20, 20 minutes. Then eventually it tell it told, and then Sale went over. The second half, London Irish just bin you know binned everything. And they started to re- to really play, and from a London Irish point of view, they should be looking at that sale team and going, "They've got three hookers on, on on the field. They've got four changes to their starting fifteen. We need to put teams like this to bed if we're going to consider ourselves to be a good side." Now, the reason I think they were so good before the season started is because I look at the names on the team sheet and the availability through internationals and the autumn and whatnot, and think, "Yeah, they've got loads of ta- loads of talent, loads." World Rugby Team of the Year twenty thirteen. Yeah, and yet nothing. No, but how did Sale not put the game to bed? Like that was that I can't like, like as much as Alex Anderson was saying. Oh, there's things to work on. There's positives. Like you don't lose those games when you're that comfortable and that far ahead. I, I know they lost AJ McGinty. Which... AJ was a big one. So AJ goes down. Um, John Ross yellow card with 15 minutes to yeah, go. Yeah, it's just you know it's kind of you've got to put your foot on the. Jug, well, whatever, whatever the analogy is, you've got to finish it off. Yeah, foot on the throat. I, I do agree. On the other hand, you know, we talk about Bristol when they lost all of their difference makers, they crumble. Well, Sale lost everyone, and they were okay actually. They, you know, they sort of you know, cracked on. I think that's a good draw for them and a bad draw for, Lund- for bad draw for London Irish. I, really <laughs> I love, don't. I love you, your. You're using this week your good, good and bad wins and losses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because you know, what can you build on? I mean, Sale can take something away from that, but Irish must be gutted. Well, they both took but three they, points away. Yeah, and, and Irish will—they're in the ascendancy at the end, which always helps. Yeah, like around uh, and they came back. Yeah, I, the, the the Gloucester and Irish. You, you said both of those are bad losses or bad not wins, but they were both—they both finished the game stronger than their opponents and opponents who most people would expect to finish higher than them in the league. That is, that, yeah. you, can, you can tell a story around that. You could, you've got an out of that. knocks the ball on over the line pretty much. Uh, they've got a couple of good attacks which fizzled out. The line-out at some points for Irish was a disgrace. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, they, had what, they tried to do some movement around the ball, and I think Hoskins bumps into the man who's coming out of the line-out, and then they had to sort of figure it out, and they only half-jack up a guy, and then they overthrow a line-out. You think... You know, so if you listen to the coaches talk, they had a coach on, didn't they? Les Kiss is talking about the m- momentum and culture and all sorts of nonsense, which means nothing. I was like, never ever talk to me about culture and momentum if you can't throw a line out. Ne- I never want to hear it. I never want to hear it. If you've nailed your line outs, by all means, tell me about your your pop psychology. But until that point, <laughs> you don't get to say those things. So yeah, it just they just it was just disappointing um, performance by them. I would. I, I would say. But you're happy with Sale? Happier? Uh, uh, I mean, so, so Irish not top four? 
Sale still top four? Sale still champions? I think Sale are in a good place. I I, I do. Now, uh, talking of culture and whatnot, let me talk about Alex Anderson some more. Um, do, I, I'm starting to believe now that Alex Anderson is just misleading like all of the press. So every time you listen to him talk, he's talking about brotherhood and love and you know, you know, not being so masculine whilst climbing up a mountain in the dark. Uh, you know, all of these things. And then when it comes down to it and the pressure's on and BT Sport are interviewing him on, you know, about the game, he's super concise about his rugby. He's like, yeah, we need to get around, the, you know, our, our breakdown work needs to be better. We need better, better, like, round, round the corner speed. He's effectively doing what the All Blacks have been doing for years, which is talking about sweeping the, sweeping the change room so everyone else does it. Meanwhile, they're actually focused on super concise focused rugby stuff and I wish I'd know we, we, we would hear more about the rugby stuff and less about the brotherhood stuff but he can't is it, yeah. he's going to be giving away the trade secrets I'm sure that I'm sure that's that, like that's what's going on here because uh, all the journalists are just you know they just love what he's saying so much they don't think to question like but what about the lineouts? <laughs> you know, what about this strategy which you're you know which you're uh, which you're employing here what, about what your is captain he doing who, on the field what about your captain who keeps getting yellow cards <laughs> yeah. every other game he's working so hard mate because <laughs> he, he, he tries harder than everybody else it's not brotherhood yeah he's letting his teams down his teammates down well, well, we we will have, we'll have get a up a mountain and get it sorted again. <laughs> I love the idea that going up the mountain, a mountain in the dark is not masculine. It's like the most <laughs> masculine thing. Anyway, um, yeah, I can't remember what else I was going to say about this. I think, I think well, awesome oh, yeah. game. Um, Manu Tuolangi has lost four four kilograms. This is the story. Uh, do, do you know the story? I, I don't. Do you know the story? Yeah, I'd heard he, I'd, I'd heard he'd lost loads of weight and looking really trim. <laughs> four kgs. That's that's <laughs> half a stone. Yeah, it's yeah. you know. He was doing uh, the, uh, the press, and we had to ask uh, twenty six different questions of different varieties of, about weight loss. You know, have you you know cut out different foods? Have you done this? Have you? And he's like, I don't weigh ninety. He literally said, I don't weigh ninety kilograms. Like I've just lost a bit of weight. Well, yeah, he's gone down from one hundred and twelve to one hundred eight, <laughs> something like that. He's, he's like, an enormous man. I'm, 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 I was absolutely enormous I'm still absolutely, absolutely enormous, enormous. Yes. to a slightly lesser degree apparently the guy's arms expand when he does battle ropes like you know not arm curls you know, or, or like burpees like things he's not meant to be doing uh, or not meant to be building mass he just builds mass but yeah he's lost four kilograms and you know that's meant a beer difference maker uh, I thought he was quite quiet today actually outside of his first few in, few interventions <clears throat> Curtis Rona Curtis Rona it's all about Curtis Rona awesome yeah but again, he was quiet in the first twenty minutes. Uh, you know, maybe Les Kiss was right. It is all about all 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 about momentum. Mm. Um, did either of, you, either of you see the rugby championship this weekend? I've seen highlights. Look, look good. Um, South Africa did South Africa things, and we're talking about body shapes and stuff. New Zealand have actually been saying they're trying to make their players smaller. Don't and listen to them. Smaller. Don't and listen to them. <laughs> Don't do that. Why would you do that? I doubt. I doubt they're trying to get Brody Retallick smaller. It's absolute nonsense. Of course, it's nonsense. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah. So um, New Zealand are making all their players smaller. So look who we've brought in. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Even at Sabeth, you're gonna have to shave off <laughs> I, ten I, kg. I actually think that's what's happening. Yeah, it 100% is, is happening. everyone copies New Zealand. Yeah. So let's just misdirection. Let's, they, tell, they, let's tell them they, what we want them to do. They are laughing on the other side of their face. They're like hundred percent. Yeah. They're sweeping the change rooms. They're putting the players on diets, protein-free <laughs> diets. <laughs> Maybe too langy is in effect a consequence of New Zealand. Yeah, everyone's like, quick. Oh, they're doing that quick. Get Manu smaller. Yeah, don't don't listen to a thing that they say. The liars. Uh, 
I'm certain they had a thing a few years ago. You spoke about it, Phil. When they categorised their players in by weight classes, like our in the youth system, they trialled it and then got rid of it very quickly. I no, thought, no, no, for me, no, for the All Blacks. Oh, for the All Blacks. Yeah, like our second like rows have to be between oh, 120 to 130 kgs. Whatever. Yeah, it was. there was something that was mentioned. They tried to the moneyball it. No, it wasn't. It was just like, well, if you're going to be second row. To be an international second row, you have to be six oh, or that's five. Right. Like that, yes. that's that's not that's not not new news to anyone. That's like just a statement of a fact. If <laughs> if you want to be if you want to be an international prop, you can't really be any less than about one hundred and ten kg. Like yeah, you you're really really going to struggle. So it was it was more that side of things. So they'll the look for markers, but it's from the way I read it. it was Steve Hansen, I'm sure it was it talking was a Hansen, few years yeah. a few years ago. It was like. It got a bit of attention in the press, but he was saying like you say nothing new. It was exactly what you when you actually scratch beneath the surface. It was just exactly. It what sounds you like a little bit like the be. Manu thing. It sounds like when there's a little something they can la- the press yeah. can latch onto, they go uh, right yeah. down that rabbit hole, uh, rabbit uh, hole, yeah, far as you can. Think anyone, you know, it's, 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 it's just quite like quite funny to watch because everyone wants. I understand what's happened. Everyone wants a bit of Manu because he's amazing. They want to hear him speak because people want to read about his content and want to listen to what he has to say. But the fact of the matter is, he's not played rugby really for three years. He's got nothing to say. Like he has, he's not done anything. Like so, we're just waiting for him to come back. So anything we, you know, you can get your hands on for money is like gold. Is up, is mm. absolute gold dust, including losing five kg or, or whatever it is. It might be ten. Who knows? But he's a massive man. I mean, if it, if it was ten kg, kg, that's that, much, that, that, that's yeah. actually getting more significant. That might be a a, it, a fair percentage of his overall body mass. Yeah, but it depends if you had a good off season. If he's up at one hundred and twenty kg because he's had a. A few extra. Done a Rue Penny Thal Thal. Well, the more interesting one was Van Rensburg was on that raised it with him. So the story goes. Do you think we're fit enough, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think we're fit enough? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. But like, if Van Rensburg comes back minus 10 kilograms, you've got an absolute baller there. Mm. You know, know, as soon as he loses just a bit of weight, his game changes completely. He, he is uh, so as good. as we have seen during his time at Sale. Oh yeah, we've yeah. seen and both sides of that. Yeah, when he's heavy, he looks at these gaps that he can get through when he's skinny, and he just he doesn't have the explosive ability to, to get through. When he slims down even slightly, my god, he's just a different. He's so fast he can go on the wing when he slims down. Mm. He is bloody brilliant. When he moves to the Premiership, I was so excited about his quads. Yeah, I, I, I'm not as excited about his quads. Anymore, no. I think he needs to do more squats. I'll no. tell you who's got an amazing quad. So I didn't get to mention because I wasn't on air. I was trapped in my bunker last week. Um, the I can't remember his name. He came from Benetton, the Italian Saracens new tight head prop. Oh, his, R- R- Riccioni. Yeah, yes. yeah, Riccioni, Riccioni. His quads, were, his legs yeah, were amazing. His legs, his legs are what, like Lowe's. Different because he's Different. a bit a bit taller. Um, then we'll call those. We'll call those are just massive. He's, he's, yeah, we'll call those are just huge. But he's got like uh, yeah, Riccioni's definition. Are, he's, got, he's got the definition and the, the proper teardrop knee. Oh, it's, it's, it's lovely, lovely legs. Superb. Superb. Yeah, it's something Superb. to watch out for next. Does he week. wear his socks up or down? I can't remember. I think they were down. Yeah, I think they were yeah. down, which I'm normally against, but I didn't mind yeah. it. I didn't Simple mind it in his case. Yeah, if you have got those legs, yeah, you can have a quota like one, one or two per team, ma- one or team max. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to select who's allowed yeah. to roll their socks down carefully. Yeah. It's easy to enforce. It's a law we all understand. I'm, I'm, I'm all behind that. <laughs> and the DOR should select that on the basis. Or no, not the DOR. It should be the, the conditioning coach 
Or the fan vote, yeah, I like that. No, it should be the farmers who judge Belgian blue <laughs> cow <laughs> competitions. Yeah, and they're shaving their legs to, yeah, to, to the yeah. definition. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, or like um, when uh, bodybuilders do competitions, they they put like proper heavy tan on that's the legs. What, yeah, that's just literally what um, Gavin Henson was doing. Wasn't he? Yeah, well, he was tanning, wasn't he? Yeah, before games, he was shaving his legs and, and uh, putting fake tan. And putting fake tan on his legs. <laughs> to make them look better. Yeah. Wow. You, yeah, he's shaving his legs. Weirdo. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, fake tan on the legs and socks down for two players in a in, a, in any 15. Perfect. Ideal. Love it. Um, I, I like the idea of on, on a, a player coming on for someone, someone on the replacements bench. Coming on for someone with socks down, like <laughs> doing final preparations. <laughs> Let's go, boys. Get, getting fake tan on. Maybe as a market for um, cause, uh, uh, tanned pigment deep heat. So <laughs> uh, you could just kill two birds with one stone. That'd be, uh, there we go. That we, We're going to make a million strip through that. Yes. That and sip mitts. Yeah, sip mitts. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yes. Sip mitts it. and sip tips. Sip tips, that was it. <laughs> uh, okay. um, the rugby. Yes, should we do some predictions? We've got. Well, just just a mention for the rugby championship. Oh yeah, go on. Then. <laughs> um, Argentina was a predictable winning. Sorry, Australia was a predictable win against Argentina. Yes. Um, Australia need to sort out their defensive rolling mall tries because it's been the killer for them against both South Africa and and Argentina. Um, New Zealand South Africa was interesting. New Zealand score after two or three minutes from an amazing is Cody Taylor break. And then Will Jordan, great gas to finish it off in the corner. And then they were kept quiet for most of the rest of the game. Mm. Faf and Andre Pollard kicked pretty well. Yeah. A Faf kick led to... Oppressive kick chasing. Yeah, led to a George Bridge mistake, which led to the Nkosi try. And with the Nkosi and Will Jordan try both happening in the first 10 minutes, you're like, this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Uh-uh. And then it just all came down to... Yeah. Um, well, penalties. Both both kickers were perfect off the tee. Uh, um, actually, no, the... Sorry, um, Pollard was perfect off the tee from penalties, but he missed the conversion, which yes. was the two point difference. With the um, with with the games South Africa against Australia, we came came away from it thinking, "Oh, did the Lions just miss a trick by not having a crack like Australia did?" And then you watch them against New Zealand, and you go. Oh, actually, okay. You can sort of come back round the other side, going actually a pragmatic way is actually not a bad way to go against yeah. South Africa. And it's 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 very hard to have a crack against South Africa because they are so so good at controlling the game and so uh, oppressive I, and destructive in defence. I didn't see the game. I saw the reaction to it on Twitter, and the way people were talking about the the loss of South Africa, I was like, they must have got hammered. I was utterly shocked when it was only a two point game. Yeah, two point game, and it was only um, it's an amazing Geordie Barrett kick from the ten meter is the ten and the five, so the ten meter line, so ten meters inside his own half, but right on the five meter line from the left hand touch line, so mm. pretty much the hardest place you can kick from. Yep, with all that pressure, and Geordie Barrett has done it so many times for the All Blacks and and for the Hurricanes, kicking winning kicks like that, he is amazing. At it and he absolutely nailed. He, he, if if that was another twenty yards back, if it was on the other ten meter line, <laughs> he still would have slotted it. Awesome. It's quality by Jordy Barrett, but an interesting game, more of an arm wrestle than you expect. In particularly when there's 
uh, whatever it was, 12 points on the board. And they're at it again next week as well, yeah? Correct. Cool. Same same fixtures. Might watch it. Next week. But I think it's, I mean, it's already done, as in New Zealand have won five from five. Uh, They're currently 11 points clear at the top of the the rugby championship table with one game to go. So do you know what the Premiership return has taught me about rugby? Go on. I'm really not that interested in, in internationals. Uh, now, 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 now the Premiership is, is is back. I just love watching the Premiership, and that's pretty much it. I do. I love. It's, I love it's watching New Zealand. I, I love. I know. I should New love New Zealand. I, I know that is what you know logically should happen. I do quite like South Africa, but I just don't care that much. <laughs> I might watch this game if it comes across across my radar. How the Premiership isn't four or five times the size it is is beyond me. Completely and utterly beyond me. Edward McCuma Jr. Oh, great name. Great name. Uh, contact deadchasers at gmail.com pointed out just while we're on international rugby. We're officially under two years from the World Cup now. Mm. Um, and he says, um, in, in true salesman fashion, I've not only um, I've not only sold the misses on our 10-year anniversary, including the Rugby World Cup, but also an Egg Chasers live podcast that I anticipate coming. I look forward to rocking my Akuma Egg Chasers podcast jersey and sizing my arms against Phil's uh, from Ed, the American salesman. I'm I'm enjoying the contact from uh, our American... We cracking emails, to be fair. We do. Mm. Um, right, give me some games for next week so I can predict them correctly. 100% correct. Oh, no. Interim, interim predictions. Yes. New Zealand, South Africa. Uh, New Zealand. Yeah. New Zealand. Uh, Australia will be Australia. Argentina. Um, so... The more important stuff on Friday, we've got Bristol versus Bath. Two teams desperate for a win. Absolute loser bowl here. Um, <laughs> who will be worse? That is the question. I think Bath will be the worst team. Bristol are gonna they're gonna win this they comfortably. I think. Yeah, it might not fully get their season back on track, but they will have a good win. Mm, yeah, so um, Bristol will win. So the rugby might be terrible, but the coverage I understand on Friday is going to be amazing. Amazing. The questions beforehand oh, I, I, and after, top top notch, hundred percent. I, I think I agree with you entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday we got the early kickoff, which is Northampton hosting London Irish. Northampton home win. We then have yeah, very interesting Leicester Tigers hosting Saracens. This is a really difficult game to pick. At Welford yeah. Road. Yeah. With a bit of, you know, this this good win, which uh, Leicester Tigers had, I think will roll into a pretty big performance. I think Saracen's going to beat them at Welford Road. That's what, yeah. I think, uh, I think I might go Saracens. Although, let's see what the teams are like. Tight. Yeah, team. Mind you, look at the team that, that, that turned over Bristol. Yeah, the Saracens team. It's nobody's. But then you look at Bristol weekend and the context, I don't know. Um, Give me Leicester at home. Uh, yeah, the home the home factor, the Welford Road, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, team, depending on teams, I'm going to say Leicester will sneak it. Saracens. Then we've got Newcastle Wasps. At Newcastle. Yes. Newcastle. Hmm. Uh, no, wasps. That's a hard yeah, one. Yeah, give me wasps. I think. I think wasps. Colburns gets over the game line. Do- dominates proceedings. Yeah, Will Welsh is running around like a maniac. Give me yeah, Newcastle. It's Newcastle. 
then Worcester Warriors against Gloucester. This is another incredibly hard fixture to, to call. Worcester. Hmm. Um, Gloucester. Where are they? Uh, six, six ways. ways. Oh, that's a good game. I'd love to watch that game. Um, and do you know what? Worcester don't need much encouragement to fill up that stadium. Like, and they'll, they'll be, they'll be really good fans. They'll be travelling Gloucester. It's only, what, 20-odd miles, 30 miles. That'll be a cracking game, that. It will be. Uh, uh, Loads of players that have moved either way, or mainly mm. from Gloucester to Worcester. Well, they're halfbacks. Yeah. Worcester. Yeah, give me Worcester. Then, Sunday, are you going to this? I probably will go to this. Sale, extra cheese. Uh, Sale are not going to get many, many many lads back, is is my feeling. Mm. From injuries, and obviously anyone who's with the Springboks will still be with the Springboks in Brisbane. But yeah. surely the Lions players can start coming back now. Depends which ones. So England ones couldn't. So that Johnny Hill, surely John, like Johnny Hill so and you'd think Sam Simmons. Yeah, you can get this data from somewhere. I'm uh, going to go. Oh, sail at home though. Sail at home. Do you know? I'm going to go Exeter. There's a lot of talk about psychology at Sale, and I, I just wonder if those two losses which they had towards the end of the season, when they were so confident of beating Exeter. What's your prediction? I don't know. Give me, uh, give me Exeter. Sale. Okay. Depending on the teams. <laughs> Always. There we go. Good. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. That's so true. At more on Twitter. It is brilliant. Let the boys play. Hey, boys, play. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.